0: Welcome to the Asylum, and now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome to an all-new episode, week two episode, Rick of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, tonight presented by DraftKings. Want to get a head start on your daily fantasy season? Then go to arenasportsnet.com right now. Click on the banner at the top of the screen. DraftKings daily fantasy sports for cash and for God's sake, Richard, please play responsibly. You better
1: believe I will, Rick. We are Fligger and Briggs. Welcome to the Asylum, right here on the Arena Sports Network, Arenasportsnet.com. And I tell you what, Rick, that was a weird week one.
0: Uh, it was a disaster for me. I really don't even want to discuss it. Can we talk? politics or religion or something less offensive to me than my fantasy about
1: week one is is it wasn't anything really that was totally surprising you early on in the year it's always offense and but sometimes it's the the teams or the players that you don't expect all of a sudden become offensive monsters and uh
0: that's my fantasy squad, Rick, <laughs> and my predictions for last Not week. That's because you ran into me. Well, yeah, you That's did, why. You did lay one on me. <laughs> I was feeling pretty good after Thursday, and it sort of ended there.
1: Well, I mean, it was, um, you know, it. it well, I just happened to have, I mean, balanced scoring up mm-hmm. and down the lineup. I mean, nothing spectacularly huge other than Antonio Brown had a really nice day, but, You know, Calvin Benjamin, Amari Cooper, they just all pitched in, you know, double digits, and Jason Witten had nine catches,
0: and we'll get into him
1: a little bit later.
0: To be fair, I had balanced scoring, too. It was all about 12 per man, (laughs) that very balanced across the board. I had a really good 12.5-point average from all of my players, save for C.J. Anderson. Right. I I don't get it. It's just terrible.
1: Speaking of C.J., you see C.J. Spiller. The player the Asylum never bought into for yeah. years is finally cut from New Orleans. Yeah. and um,
0: I don't get it. Kids Now there are rumors about. out
1: there that New England's going to pick them up. I, I don't see it. New England picks up some of these troubled guys or maybe people that think they're over the hill, but they don't really seem to go after these injury-prone guys that have never lived up to their potential. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean – Uh, Legarrette Blunt, he never was really injured or anything. He just he was just kind of being stupid and they picked him up. Yeah, but they can handle that. But Spiller has never been healthy. He's never really done anything, and I just don't see where they would have a need for him. They've got Legarrette Blunt. He's they've got White.
0: He's what Dion Lewis. Or he's what you would hope he would become Dion Lewis, which sounds odd, it's almost bad. Well, we got a half a season of CJ Spiller, right? Where he just was completely out of this world and we all anointed him the next Jim Brown and it didn't pan out. Yeah, you know, there there's like he's gonna land somewhere, right? Guys when you got ball skills like that, somebody's gonna give him another shot, but boy, he, he can go ahead, you can take him off the waiver wire. I got no interest in him whatsoever. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean he's scarier to put on your fantasy squad than than Arian Foster,
0: yeah, yeah, which we'll get into him a little bit exactly. later, exactly. As you broke some news to me as an Arian Foster owner in a few leagues, but let, let's. I <laughs> <laughs> you're just looking for a to push the button. <laughs> well, at this point. we just
1: we're going to have to be talking about. Uh, R-J-G. Pretty soon, yeah. You know I mean, yeah. if Arian Foster continues to stay banged oh, yeah. up, and he can have all the temper tantrums he wants, he's about the only show in town. If something happens to Arian Foster, yeah,
0: yeah, no question about it. So you said soft tissue is- issues for Arian Foster didn't practice. What I
1: heard, I haven't seen anything official yet, but uh, I, we'll have to uh, yeah, investigate I don't know. further.
0: I don't know if that scares me or look. He's about your age at this point, so I'm thinking he's not going to do a ton of practicing anyhow. And I know if I went out and played an NFL game, most of my soft tissue would be aching here at the beginning of the week. So, I'm not quite ready to pull the pull the cord quite yet, but we'll keep an eye on it. Somebody who is ready to pull the cord, Rick, unbelievably. This one, every once in a while you just start to feel bad for a guy. And Keenan Allen, for the third year uh. in a row, Rick, suffers a season-ending injury here in week one, out for the season, non-contact ACL. What a disaster. What a heartbreak for this kid. What a disaster for San Diego. And not the thing you want to see as a fantasy guy happen in the first half of week freaking one.
1: There were so many people really, really high on Keenan Allen coming into 2016. And I just really wish that we could see a full year where he's healthy and Rivers is there, Mm -hmm. and they're actually playing as an offensive unit where the offensive line isn't totally destroyed and and this, that, and the other. Because this kid has a world of talent. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure how much is going to be left that he can come back from something like this. Yeah, I mean,
0: he's, he's he, torn everything. Yeah,
1: everything in his body. I mean, unless it's brand new, they're replacing it with new parts. Right, right. I mean, I just don't see how he can recover. I mean, we're already seeing, seeing the effects of yet another tear of Jamal Charles. Right. You know, he come back like gangbusters the same year Adrian Peterson came back, and they both had phenomenal years, and... You know, I cautioned you in the spring when we are talking about that. I just did not see this happening. You know, they were saying oh, he's right on schedule, blah blah blah, and now he's behind schedule. Now he's not playing. And I'll tell you what—I think it's the beginning end, Jamal Charles, and I think Keenan Allen, unfortunately, is going to suffer the same fate. Yeah,
0: I just—how much rehab can you do at what point? At what point does a team give him another shot? Quite frankly, it's not often you lose your job to injury. But at some point, if you're an NFL owner, you've got to say, I'm going to sign this guy to some sort of multi million dollar deal, and he can't play a half of football. It's a shame the kid's got all the talent in the world. We've seen for stretches, Rick, for stretches where he'll average 12 catches a game for stretches, and then it's just gone, poof, gone. I, mean, I feel awful for the kid oh, he has got do all the too. talent in the world. But somebody you're high on, Rick, now look, we we got to move on. This, this is a fickle business here. Travis Benjamin, you have been screaming his names from the highest mountaintops all off all preseason, and out looking like the number one guy out there. Yeah, and I, how that
1: translate now? I'm I'm not real sure. I mean, I thought I was really excited about him going to San Diego with a healthy Keenan Allen mm-hmm. and Antonio Gates hadn't had any injuries or suspensions coming into the season. They in Melvin Gordon, I was expecting good things from him. They appeared to really. Um, at least get the running game going in the first half as they run up a twenty-four-three lead and blew it. But I mean, that's a, we'll get into that later. Yeah, at least know, another segment that we have
0: least surprising news of all week for me, quite frankly. But
1: I really, really felt good about Travis Benjamin being such an upgrade over a Malcolm Floyd, over a Stevie Johnson who is hurt again, and. Alongside a healthy Keenan Allen, I thought this offense could be like Air Coryell. Yeah, they may lose 45-42, yeah. but fantasy-wise, I thought it was going to be pretty dynamic. Now I'm not so sure. Travis Benjamin's a small guy. You don't really have anybody that scares anybody on the other side of him now. So I'm kind of mixed emotions about him. Yeah, Rivers is going to throw the ball. Somebody's got to catch it. So why not Benjamin? I, yeah, you know, and I think he's going to be. We'll get into the starting sets. You know, you know, blow my cover a little bit. He's a, he's a start for this week.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of lot of owners and a lot of people in the know for for these young players, and specifically in San Diego. Very excited about Tyrell Williams. think this is a guy who could step up and actually be that number one guy and let Travis Benjamin continue to fill that role. And
1: you have in me. He
0: doesn't move the needle no. much for me. But Williams, I guess, is interesting. Right. Well, I think what this changes, and let's get this out of the way now. If you listen to the Inside Slant, or, or I know, our, unfortunately, our boy Dean from Connecticut is listening to this right now. And called in with Danny Woodhead concerns, and we recommended uh, who, who was it? Uh, in Seattle, Kristen Michael recommended him over a Danny Woodhead. As I honestly felt, with Marvin Gordon coming, Melvin Gordon coming back now, he got the two touchdowns, Rick. Melvin Gordon was only on the field for 35% of the snaps. I saw that little nugget right. today, so if he's a so the two touchdowns, it looked like a great game for him. Danny Woodhead was on that field for sixty percent of the snaps. I think this goes up now because they're going to need more threats in the passing game yeah, to keep Allen out. So all the fear and concerns I had when I mistakenly, you know, Dean, I apologize, Dean, recommended to Dean to go ahead and sit. Sit Woodhead down till we see what his role is going to be in this offense with the emergence of Gordon in the offseason, with what Allen was doing, what they were doing in the passing game, bringing in Travis Benjamin. This brings Woodhead right back into that role. Right back in. If he's going to be on the field 65, 70% of the snaps, this guy's a number two running back. He's almost in every week starting a PPR league. Now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he rushed for 89 yards. He had five catches for 31 yards plus a touchdown. Yeah, even even you take the touchdown away. I mean, he still right. had over 100 yards total offense, right. and he figured very significantly
0: in that offense. And i got to be honest, I continue to be worried about Melvin Gordon, because you see the final fantasy stat number. And all offseason I said, you know, and I, I think we agreed on this one, that this is the year Melvin Gordon was going to step up and be that guy he looks like he should be and I'm ready to thump, get on this microphone and thump my chest and say, see, I got that one right, you dummies need to be listening to us. And as I looked into the stats, and I'm glad for oh. the first time in my life I did a little research before I popped off, he wasn't on the field. So, look, he, he's going to be fine, but I think he's a backup, Rick. He's a reserve, injury replacement, he's a bye week type of guy. If he's going to be that touchdown dependent, 35% of the snaps on a passing team for a guy who really isn't a pass catcher when you have a Danny Wood head beside you. It's nothing I'm messing with, Rick.
1: Now, and, and unfortunately, you know, I'm going to have to agree with you. You know, Melvin Gordon put up 57 yards. And and he looked good. I mean, oh, don't, don't don't get me wrong, he was running hard. He, he looked good, but that's just not San Diego. I'll be totally honest with you. I thought when they got some of the the upgrades and some of these guys healed up on the offensive line, I thought it was really going to behoove them to get the running game going just to take some pressure off of Rivers. Right. But that doesn't seem to be what they want to do.
0: No, no, it's just not who they are. It's not who Phillip Rivers is. And it's not what this league is anymore, Rick. If you look at it, I don't know, Ask Pittsburgh. 17, 18. Well, let's be honest, though. D'Angelo Williams didn't really touch the ball until the fourth quarter when they were trying to wind that thing out. There was only 200-yard rushers in the league. In week one, Rick, in week one where you would think rushing would be higher as these offenses try to feel everything out, only 200-yard rushers. It was less than 50% of the starting running backs had over 12 carries, Rick. I mean, it's a one, and I'm not breaking any news here, but even more than I thought and fathomed, this is a pass-first, pass-second, and pass-third league right now.
1: Well, it is. But, you know, you still have to run the ball. Remember, I, at the beginning of the segment, I said it's week one. It's always offense.
0: As seasons go on, the rushing tends to pick up. Now, there was a time, Rick, though, and that's, that's what I'm struck by. There was a time the defenses were always ahead of the offenses. For for the first two or three weeks of the year, you know, you were well into October before you knew what you had offensively. Somehow, that's flipped. The offenses are so, and I don't know if it's the rule changes. I don't know what it is. Somehow, the offenses are so far ahead of the defenses. And you're right; it'll be November before somebody like Denver did last year emerges as an unstoppable force defensively. All right? Look at what we go back to San Diego. What they did to Kansas City in that first half—they just dominated. I and mean, as soon as Allen went out, and after halftime. Obviously, Andy Reid made some adjustments, and all of a sudden, San Diego looked like the San Diego I expected to see when the game started when I recommended to bench all these Chargers. So, it's every you know, Carolina was able to move the ball a little bit on Denver. They're, these dominant defenses, for whatever reason, are taking time to emerge. I don't understand why.
1: Well, number one... There's been so many rule changes. Everything favors the offense with the rules. So, obviously, that's going to take a lot of time for these defenses. I mean, you look at the passing yards. 423 for Breeze, 385 for Luck, 366 for Dalton, 363 for Smith, Alex Smith, 340 for Matt Stafford. That's a top five.
0: It's crazy. Any one of those would have – we talked about it for three weeks five years ago. Any one of those. For three weeks, we right. have talked about that. And like you said,
1: rushing yards, 143 for D'Angelo, 106 for Lamar Miller. After that, you had 96 for Forte, 92 for C.J. Anderson, 89 for David Johnson. That's
0: your top five. Right. And right the, the, there. the carry numbers are even more striking. You know what? And I guess it makes sense to the point of the way the rule changes are, are now. If you have a good enough offensive line to not get your quarterback killed, quite frankly, Rick, there is very little need to run the ball at least at this time of year. You drop back, you throw it three times. Number one, you're not allowed to hit the quarterback to try and disrupt him. You're not allowed to sneeze on the wide receiver. So you're going to have open opportunities. And even if you don't, 80% of the time you play any type of pass coverage, you're getting a flag for pass interference. Anyhow, I I don't know that I'd ever run the ball.
1: Oh, I know. Well, you know, it's – who led the league in rushing attempts?
0: Oh, in attempts? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lamar Miller. Miller, okay. 28.
1: 28 for 106. D'Angelo Williams, 26 for 143. Hyde, 23. Forte, Ryan Matthews, LeGarrette Blunt 22. And you look at these rushing stats, D'Angelo, 5.5. Forte, 4.5. Everybody else I mentioned. Lamar Miller, three point eight. Carlos Hyde, three point eight. Ryan Matthews, three point five. LeGarrette Blunt, three point two. Where's you know the standard is four yards of right, carry, right? And there's two of them,
0: yeah, exactly. Over four yards of carry. It's just a, it's a dead. It's a dead business. The running game. This is why, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it is. It absolutely is. All right, Ray, we, we've got it. we got so much to cover here. We can lament about that. Sammy Watkins, you want to explain this one to me? I get on the tweeters Monday morning, and I'm reading that Sammy Watkins is dealing with that foot issue again. He's likely to be shut down for the year. Tuesday afternoon, I read, he says he's going to play. Apparently, Sammy Watkins, he's got an X-ray nothing's broken. There's really nothing they can do. He's just going to have to learn to play through the pain. So Rick, I got to tell you, my response to that is I am, I only own him in one league. He's, he's sitting on my bench. I want nothing to do with Sammy Watkins. He's done nothing to show me he can play through the pain and be elite at an elite level dealing with whatever this issue is.
1: Right. I mean, I own no Sammy Watkins at all. And I mean, it really even wasn't so much. I was worried about the foot. I mean, now I'm, I'm like you; he'd be on the bench. They're going to have to some, you know, come up with some sort of orthotic or something yeah, for I, him to tolerate the pain, because otherwise he's not going to be able to even remotely do what he does.
0: No, he, he's about speed. That's he it. Good hands. Exactly. He's long and lanky, but if he can't get himself any separation, and I'm sorry, I can't believe we can go from. Team officials, unnamed team officials, I grant you, but team officials saying Sunday night and Monday morning, we may have to shut him down for the year. To on Tuesday and on Wednesday saying he's going to play through it. He'll be all right. He'll be fine. I'm sorry, that's a big chasm right there. Yeah, but
1: that was Sammy Walken saying he's okay.
0: That's true, too.
1: So we don't really know.
0: But that's what leads me to believe the – consensus was you need to shut down and rest this thing for at least half a year, go on half a year IR, or take a year off to let that thing heal, and he's saying no, which is fine, good, he's a tough guy but I think that's going to crush production. It crushes him, obviously. It crushes Tyrod Taylor. The season's over. Oh, yeah. That team's terrible. We said it before. Too many Ryans in one room as it is just destroys a team. All the injuries, all the suspensions. LeSean McCoy's next. This guy's got an injury history. Tyrod Taylor, I I love the kid. He may die this year. He may legitimately die. I dropped him in a couple weeks. This is a guy I was excited on. But you take a player the caliber of Sammy Watkins and the – and the impact he was going to have on a team, really missing, you know, not having a ton of superstars offensively. Sammy Watkins was the sort of the orbit that that offense ran around. I'm cutting bait with everybody in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, it it appears that way. I mean, I was like you, Tyrod Taylor. I really, you know, you're saying you like to use. He really moved the needle for me. But I'll tell you what, right now, I mean, obviously I didn't draft him for – for any type of quarterback one on my no, team. No, no, I
0: didn't have him as a one anywhere either.
1: But now he's no more attractive to me than Jay Cutler. Right, he's in, in know, that. Sam Bradford, you know, Joe
0: Flacco. Yeah, he's in that realm right Exactly, now. and you get in that realm – they're not playing too much no. in fantasy. No, I, I can't find a circumstance where I put them in. All right, Rick, Russell Wilson. Now, here's one that affects me in yeah. a ton of leagues. I don't know what to make of it. Sprained ankle. All the talk coming out of out of Sunday was he's probably going to miss a week. It looked pretty bad. Same deal. Russell Wilson saying he's going to play. He's, ta- he's practicing. He's been practicing this week. I have a lot of fear here. Number one, you saw what happened, even though he gutted it out and played through with the second half. You take away his mobility, he's not a good quarterback. He he needs to do what Russell Wilson does to put up his type of numbers. Number two, playing the Rams this week, now that we've seen what a sorry no-account organization, no matter what city you put them on, you can put them on damn Mars, for all I care, for as pathetic as Jeff Fisher and his band of rum-dums, no matter who they are together – if you're going to play him, you're going to play him for a half, go up 35 nothing, and Russell Wilson's going to go ahead and have himself a seat. I think I'm avoiding Russell this week altogether.
1: I know I would. Now, you know, traditionally the Rams play Seattle tough at home, but after that debacle against San Francisco in week one, I'm not sure this team, and I use that term loosely, is even prepared to play a game? I didn't mean, look like. I mean, I put tweets out this week. Seriously, how much longer is Jeff Fisher going to get a buy?
0: He's got pictures of somebody in a he, compromising position. He
1: has not had a five hundred season since two thousand and ten, I believe, when they were thirteen and three in Tennessee. And he had that's six years of seven and nine or worse.
0: Yeah, it's what he does.
1: Every year. When he's
0: a seven and nine coach. I know you probably don't watch hard knocks, but he come out one of the big things that come out of the first episode was players were screwing up and he said, you know, that's some seven and nine bull ass." And I'm not we're not gonna settle for that. Seven and nine isn't accepted. Yeah, you're not gonna settle for seven and nine. You'll be damn lucky to go four and twelve from <laughs> yeah. what I've seen. I, just, and, I have seen yeah. And you look at the players on that defense. That defense was good last year. It was problems on offense, and I expected that again this year. Well, yeah, and you go out and let Blaine Gabbert light you up, Jeremy Curley, who showed up in San Francisco forty five minutes before the game, eating a sandwich on the airplane, yeah. and you let those two tear you up. What a sorry, no account yeah. bunch of losers they
1: are. And it's funny. Because they let Laurinaitis go, yeah. and of course they cleaned house with with Long and, and some other players. I can't remember them all right off the bat.
0: Well, if you accumulate and, too much talent, you might finish nine and seven, and Jeff Fisher ain't well, gonna let it happen. That's sure
1: that you can't have nine no. and seven. We because, won't let it.
0: We won't let no. it happen.
1: Yeah, we need three and thirteen to balance <laughs> out that thirteen and three oh. year that they screwed up and won a division. I had to go make playoffs.
0: <laughs> but yeah. so so I don't know. But my my point is. I probably, we're probably overreacting. You, you know the funny thing, I got to thinking about it. San Francisco did the exact same thing to Minnesota last in week year. one of last yeah. year. And things turned all right for Minnesota, but I honestly think Russell Wilson, if he's limited, you know, let's take all that other stuff aside. I just sort of wanted to rant on because I stayed up till one thirty in the morning watching that godforsaken game. That says a lot more about me than it does the Rams. I understand that, but but (laughs) it it. says a whole lot more about you. (laughs) But but I but I did it. But look, if Russell Wilson's limited, he's going to struggle. I, if they can get themselves ahead, which I think they should be able to, you're going to get Russell Wilson out of the game. I, I think. Give me a Matt Ryan. We'll pay a lot of attention to our start sits quarterbacks when we get to that yeah. here in, in the third segment. I think there's going to be some good plays out there. I'm going to take, it. I got Russell Wilson on three. Or five. I own a lot of Russell Wilson. Right. I'm I know a, you do. I'm going to take a wait and see on him this week. You know,
1: you'd be proud of me too because you always make the uh, contentious statements that you won't see none of this game is way past your bedtime i stayed up and
0: watched the first quarter of that game and wow. i and i was so disgusted have you developed insomnia on top of all your other maladies what were um, you doing I, up that? i length? have I, I really have but um no i mean i we can start chatting at like midnight no, I don't think so. <laughs> I get lonely. <laughs> well, uh, Everybody you know, else goes to bed and I don't have anybody to talk wake to. Wake up the dog. I don't know, <laughs> all <because> the ad- <laughs> all the adults go to bed when the news is over at 11.30 <laughs> right. and I'm up flipping around watching Yeah, your Boy Meets World. The Blob and, and all, and all you know, some that crap beef at beef 2 o'clock fics, in the morning. science fiction thing and hand <laughs> because or Because I can't sleep. I'm only good for sleep like once a month. One Saturday or Sunday a month. I'll sleep till noon like a teenager and then I'm pretty much good see, for the month.
1: See, I never do that. I'm always See, if I sleep in at 7.
0: Yeah, that's sick. That's pathetic. But,
1: no it's not. I mean, well, I why do I want to sleep till noon? What are you going to do at 7
0: on a Saturday morning if it's not uh, hunting season? I well, if it's not hunting season, I get up. And you're up. not working. I know right now you work every Well, yeah, day, but, but, but I mean,
1: normally I I get up and and have some coffee, have some nice quiet time, I can turn on you know, some sports, I can write an article, whatever. Do all I mean, that
0: at it's 10. It's quiet. Do all that at 10. For no, it's times. not. It's just terrible. <laughs> all right, let's keep on. We have talked about nothing here. RG3 out for eight weeks. Huh. Who cares? Could be big for Gary ah, Barnage. Though. That,
1: exactly. Exactly. That is, you know, I put a tweet out, you know, with the stock era for for Gary Barnage. today I see his stock going up. And quite frankly... Cleveland's in better shape now. I think so. I I I really do. I mean,
0: I think it hurts Terrell Pryor. There was something between him and RG3. And McCown isn't willing to just step back and chuck at 60 and let let Pryor get under it, which is all of what Terrell Pryor is. Right. But this is better for the running game, better for Duke Johnson. And there's a really, really good rapport between McCown and Barnage. Barnage instantly leaps up into the top half of. Right the number one fantasy tight end. I mean where he went for the freaking goose egg last week. I think you're gonna see what you saw out of Barnage two seasons ago now that McCown is healthy and the full time starter.
1: I, I agree. I think he's just a better quarterback. I and it's he doesn't add that dimension of mobility like Griffin, but then again you're you're not holding your breath every time he right. has, the ball's in his hands. Right. I mean he's just going to go about he. You know, I, he's yeah. not a
0: good quarterback, but he's a professional quarterback. He, yeah. that's how I can describe. He's a, he's him. a Trent Dilfer, right? I mean, yeah.
1: and you know, he's become like the Mendoza line of like yeah, you know, yeah. game managing right. quarterbacks right. Exactly. Is Trent Dilfer. But you know, Trent Dilfer didn't go out there and blow games and do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. He managed that the offense, and, and we've had. In fact, we're still trying to get him on again. He's been been over a year. But uh, you know a good friend of the Asylum, Patrick Johnson, a wide receiver on that what two thousand Super Bowl team, the Raiders team or the Ravens, the Ravens team. Yeah. He was. They were um, resigned to the fact that the defense won the game. Yeah, yeah, and he knew that his stats were never going to be anything huge. Go out and get us thirteen, and we'll win the game. For right. You. But you never hear heard him ever say a bad word about Trent Dilfer. Well, no. You know, I mean, he did what he had to do. He had to make throws. He made a throw. And, you know, we're going to try to get Patrick on here. He said he'd come on, but, you know, he's a busy man. Yeah. A lot busier than we are. Well, yeah, We don't have much <laughs> going on. With this. Right. Right.
0: This stupid show. I tell you, we only got a minute left, Rick, so I'm just gonna go through them rapid fire here. This Chris Ivory situation, I'd still love to know what's happening there in the hospital. Unknown medical reasons is all it said, severe pain. He is out, but T J. Yeldon gonna be the man there in Jacksonville for a well, little I while. I'll tell you
1: what, he better start picking up over one point <laughs> nine yards per carry. Yeah, that wasn't or pretty. Chris Ivory you know, if he's healthy, he will get
0: better than that. Real quick, like, we already talked about Jamal Charles. Thomas Rawls, Pete Carroll says he's going to be the man in week two. 50-50 carries, you know, he had – Rawls had a lot more success in week one, so I think we're gonna see now's our chance yeah. to see who Thomas Rawls really is. Zach Ertz, last thing I have down here in thirty seconds, Rick, considered week to week with a rib displacement. That sounds like it freaking hurts. A rib displacement.
1: And you're a tight end. Yeah, yeah that can't be any fun. Yeah,
0: so I'm I'm gonna be very cautious with him over the next several weeks. For that reason, I think he's gonna be able to put on the flak jacket and get out on the field. And you gotta be very careful How with that. How much him. is he gonna open himself yeah. up? Plus, it's a the Monday middle. game. Yeah, yeah. So, so unless
1: you have Zach Miller as your backup, you you better get somebody starting yeah, Sunday. Because yeah. I wouldn't want to wait till
0: Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Rick. Well, let's break here. When we come back, we're bringing back a, sh- a shortened version of our game ball and stinky sock segment, and we're gonna we're gonna debut an all new segment, a regular segment on the show. I can't wait for that. We'll do it all right after this. Ajayi.
1: Welcome back to the Asylum Sports Show. Right here on the Arena Sports Network, we are Flieger and Briggs. Hey fans, we'd love to have your help in making our network better. You know, and the way you can do it is become a monthly contributor through our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash arenasportsnet and become a patron of our network today. Your contributions each month will not only help make us better, but it will help keep our goals going, giving a voice to the voiceless and bringing the spotlight back to the student-athlete. Also, with everyone that signs up, there are rewards at every level. It's just a way to say thank you for helping Arena Sports Net not only become the best, but stay the best in sports
0: coverage and live events. So get on there and become a patron. Quit being so cheap, you chiselers, and go out there and – Peel off a few saw bucks for your boys. Help the station out, why don't you? All right, Rick, well, it's time. In years past, all you Asylumites will remember. The game ball, everybody knows what that is, and the stinky sock is the opposite of a game ball. We'd award several of them, Rick. We decided to switch it up. We're going to go one game ball, One stinky sock each here, and then we're going to introduce a brand new segment I think is going to blow balls and socks out of the water.
1: Yeah, I agree. But, uh, you know, I want to get on with uh, balls and socks because, you know, we're only giving out one game ball each. Right. And one stinky sock each. So each one's going to be a great game ball, and it's going to be a
0: nasty sock. Just an onion wrapped in a – I can't say that word on the radio. It's going to be a stinky (laughs) old sock. All right. You got it.
1: All right, so I'll let you take whichever one you want to do All first. Right. Well,
0: let's start with a positive. because We believe in the power of positivity here at the Asylum, Rick, and on yeah. the Arena Sports Network. Yes. My game ball has to go to. There were some big numbers, some fantastic things went on this week. But I like to give this to someone I didn't really see it coming. Now, I expected a pretty good week out of this gentleman and a really pretty good season for this gentleman. But what I saw Willie Sneed do, Rick, in week one, Albeit against the Oakland Raiders, I understand. Nine catches, 172 yards, one touchdown. Okay. Doesn't get any better. No, that, right? it does i waiting I'm, on, on something else. I've almost started looking at I, I'm it. I'm yeah. almost speechless in what yeah. he did. Caught all but one of his targets. Great in the open yes. field. Found the end zone. Yeah, look, Brandon Cook's had a big game, most of it on that 99-yard completion. You could have given this to Drew Brees. You could give a stinky sock to the Oakland defense. I think Willie Sneed's a real deal, Rick. Here's this possession guy that a veteran like Drew Brees likes. But it, if nothing else, for one week, Willie Sneed, big old game ball.
1: Yeah, and well-deserved. And, and, you know, Willie Sneed could become uh, the Joe Horn or Marquise Colston. Right, right. You know, in in New Orleans. Not going to be the guy every week, but especially in some of these kind of shootout games when Breeze is looking for that play. Right. He could be that guy.
0: I'll tell you this. I think he is more foolproof. You know, we talk about it a lot. Historically, in this New Orleans offense, somebody kind of disappears. Mm -hmm. I think... That's going to be more rare for Snead. You know, Cook seems to have these big games, and he kind of fades into the back for a couple weeks. Then a big game, and he fades. Willie Snead, that possession guy, that little over the middle guy. If somebody's taking away that outside, Willie Snead, he's he's going to disappear like everybody else does in that offense at times. But he's going to do it a hell of a lot less.
1: Yeah, I think so. I tell you what, I'm going to give a big old game ball and. Not a big surprise when you find out who it is, but it was week one. It was against against a pretty good defense. AJ Green, twelve catches, wow. a buck eighty, and a touchdown.
0: Is I Darrell is done, or is AJ Green really hit his peak here?
1: Well, wow. I'll tell you what. I, I really think that uh, he he is peaking, but you know, I'm not sure what the whole. Dynamics where it was a pretty good Jets defense, I thought, but there's Andy Dalton throwing up 366 yards against them. Right. I mean, that's tough. But AJ Green, just an outstanding performance against, you know, a really good
0: cornerback. Yeah, yeah or so we think. I'll have, right. my, I'll have my eyes on Darrell Rivas going forward as we move in. All right, Rick, now to do what we do best. My stinky sock of the week. Now, I took this sock. I told you, I stuffed a Vidalia onion down in it.
1: Oh, those are good.
0: Wrapped it's nasty. Wrapped it up, tied it up, stored it in a vat of kerosene for a little while. (laughs) And as the week went on, as I had, you know, rinds from my watermelon and, you know, banana peels, anything I had, I threw it in. Like a compost thing. Right, yeah. And here this morning, I'm going to emerge this sock, wearing a glove, obviously, because I think this thing is toxic. And i am going to hand this stock to this sock to one devonte freeman ring 11 carries 20 yards four receptions for 20 yards almost equal snaps with your boy Tevin i'm i, I, I was late to buy into him last year and kind of got burned on it i was still hesitant in the offseason I own no freeman shares and I'm feeling pretty damn good about it
1: yeah, I, that was something because –
0: This is a number one RB you spent a second-round pick on.
1: Exactly. And, um, you know, it, you don't know what to make of it. Of course, Atlanta is – I had a lot higher hopes for Atlanta this year, but I'll tell you what, after that first game, I don't know. And I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's a nice sock to be given to Devontae Freeman. Yeah, it's
0: pretty nasty. Yeah. He earned it. He earned it. He did. So. Bully, now, bully for you, Devontae.
1: Now, now I had a pretty nice sock. I mean, of course, you know I have a hundred pound German Shepherd. You
0: do? No, yeah. of course,
1: you know she does certain things out in the mornings and the evenings. Oh, outside, yeah. You yeah. know, well,
0: you know, like a dog does. Yeah,
1: and then, uh, so I just happened to, you know, put some of that in a sock, and uh, you know, rolled it up with uh, some garlic. Oh, all right. And uh, a few rotten potatoes. You know, that was about a month ago.
0: Oh, so you're getting ready. So Left it was... out in the
1: heat. Of course, yeah, I mean it was
0: you oh, well, know a hundred a couple. Well it was times. in a
1: plastic bag so it'd stay humidified. You yeah. Know?
0: Well you don't want it to dry out. No,
1: <laughs> exactly. So I just pulled it out today. And I'm handing this to uh one Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen rushes, thirty one yards, no receptions, and he's very happy to get it.
0: I think I pushed the wrong button, Rick.
1: I don't know. I, I that was magical.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it could be that. This it, it was, was magical, magical
1: sock because I tell you what, if that, if these socks don't wake these two
0: guys up, they're dead. You worried about that? We've seen Peterson do this plenty. He got his carries. Well, that's what worries me
1: more than anything is he did get his carries. If it was. Yeah, 10 carries for 31, okay, whatever. You they know. got away
0: from the run. Yeah,
1: it was 3.1. He'll pick it up. But, I mean, almost twice that many carries. I
0: mean, he's what? What is that? That's uh, one point something. You know, Not much. This day – and I don't want to push the panic after week one, and we probably should have led the show And we're we'll, in this segment when we get to the next one with it. It's week one. It's rare I push the panic button. But you raise an eyebrow when you see a guy as great, I don't even want to say good, as great as Adrian Peterson has been, he's what, Rick, 31? I believe. 32? I believe. He's at that magic number. And and there were guys, maybe not to his level, but at least in his orbit, in his stratosphere, who have hit this number and just fallen off the table. It's just over. You know how many running backs he's done it for a longer period of time than any of those running backs, mm-hmm. and I think that makes a difference. But there comes a time for every running back in this league where it is just over, and there's never a gradual decline. It's greatness to stinky sockness, just like that, just yep. absolutely like that. So, I something you got to keep your eye on, right? And
1: it could be a testament to. I don't know the the Tennessee front seven whatever you know. Now, let's face it; I mean, Dick LeBeau always has been kind of hard to run on. Right, right. But you you don't want to hit the panic button. You're right, and I and I've seen some of these articles out here already after week one. You know trade advice yeah. on, on which yeah. guys to dump and, and all this, that,
0: and yeah After 60 minutes of football.
1: Right. No. I mean, no, you're not going to be, oh, I better unload Adrian Peterson. I better unload Devontae Freeman. Well, number one, you don't unload him after a 31-yard yeah. game. Yeah, number two selling a little low there. Yeah, number two, you're panicking. Right. Because Adrian Peterson, even at 31, is still going to get his.
0: You would think. I he's in
1: his 10th season, but let's not forget he missed an entire season, so he's basically only in his ninth. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still going to have plenty in the tank. And and is he going to be the 1,500-yard, 14-touchdown guy? Probably not. I think that's
0: already off the table. When you have one game like this, I think you already take that off <laughs> the table for the year.
1: Yeah, it could be.
0: But, um, you know, don't panic yet. Man, keep and calm. don't start
1: dumping guys. But I'm
0: gonna be a little nervous. I'm a little nervous for Adrian Peterson. Remember, we talked about in the springtime, Rick, that without having any basis in fact, which I rarely do. You know, fact really isn't my my gimmick. That's not how I roll. I I was nervous, Rick. I was hesitant on Adrian Peterson. You just start to get that feel for these guys. No, look, he could go out have twenty two for a buck forty and a touchdown next week, and all's right with the world. It's just something, I got that, I have had that feeling in the pit of my stomach for a good while now, and for one week he did nothing to assuage those fears. Well, that's true, and and let's
1: face it, they don't have Teddy Bridgewater. Um, We talked about the Dick LeBeau defense, well next week they go up against Green Bay, who only gave up 112 total rushing yards to him in the two games they played last year, and then, oh by the way, in week three they are at Carolina, so things really aren't, so I may Shaping a... up the first two or three weeks is huge games for Peterson. You know, then you have the Giants in week four and then Houston in a bye. And then you start getting into what I would call maybe Adrian Peterson territory Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit, Washington.
0: That That's, sounds a little
1: bit. Yeah, that sounds a lot tastier than Carolina, you know, and Green Bay and some of these teams. So no, I may
0: be in a full blown AD. Stomach cramp mode <laughs> before then, but maybe you know, yeah, ride it out, stay calm. All right, Rick, it's time to debut this an all new segment here on the Asylum Sports Show to recap everything Rick we loved and hated in Week One. Need of is better communication. This world would be a much better place if we all learned how to tell each other how we're feeling. Take love for example. Love you. Bye. All right, that's it, Rick. It is love-hate. I think that hits right on the schizophrenic nature of fantasy owners. Everything we loved, everything we hated from week one, Rick, you can start this show. What do
1: you want me to start with, positivity hey, we, uh, or negativity? We, uh,
0: we are into the power of positivity here on the Asylum, ring.
1: Oh. Bring
0: well, the love back.
1: All right. Okay, I'll tell you what. I love the Steeler offense. woo and I know Washington wasn't the hugest test in the world, but you have a backup running back because your starter is suspended. 143 yards, two touchdowns. Antonio Brown, Eli Rogers, Jesse James, Sammy Coates. We don't even have Marcus Wheaton because he was out right. injured as well. And Ben Roethlisberger, this guy's peaking. This, this is... He is recognized everything defenses are throwing at him. They are third and fourth down, they're throwing bombs down the field and <laughs> converting.
0: That's what they do. And they do now. Oh, well, yeah, not 10 years ago. But
1: um, I just love everything about this offense. The offensive line is, when it's healthy like it is now, top five.
0: Yeah, when they're healthy. Let's hope they can stay there because that's one thing that hasn't happened in the last several years.
1: You know, but um, I just love the Steeler offense.
0: Quite simply, and I don't think this is an overstatement, not for the length and breadth of their careers, but right now Ben Roethlisberger is Peyton Manning. In, in as much as he has control of that offense can make all of the throws everybody has to stay back on their heels and be terrified of them which is why you see no matter what dummy of a running back they put in look you know, before he put the ball on the ground in the divisional playoffs last year Fitzgerald Toussaint was carving up the Denver Broncos free right. defense Rick. that's what a Ben Roethlisberger, and at that point he was banged up does to you he's calling the plays. he's the offensive coordinator he's Peyton Manning now you know to tag on to the love we want to talk about love. I'm in love with Eli Rogers. Six catches, 59 yards, kind of a fluky touchdown, but he is fully 100% part of this offense, and I think Marcus Wheaton's going to get squeezed here a little bit. I think Eli Rogers is his second target.
1: Well, yeah, and I actually, uh, there was just an article posted on the fantasygreek.com this morning that I wrote for that site comparing Sammy Coates and Eli Rogers, and You know, Marcus Wheaton is going to have something to say about this, but I think in the long term, I think you're right. It's Sammy Coates and and Eli Rogers. And Sammy Coates is going to have to pick it up some, I think, but he's got working for him is he's big. Right. And he's got good hands. And Ben Roethlisberger in the red zone, save Antonio Brown, likes the big guys and, you know, that's your Jesse James, and, and, and Sammy right. Coates is going. In fact, that, that touchdown at that Rogers caught was actually targeted to Coates. Yeah, it was and tipped it, and it hit was, Coates
0: in the face yeah, mask and, and then bounced landed back. right on. Onto...
1: Exactly, but, I mean, here's a kid, you know, he was surprised, yet alert, made the catch, and, and there you have it. But I agree with you. I and think a, he is a full part. You know, number one, we're already not seeing Darius Hayward Bay.
0: I was stunned. And, I was stunned by that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I figured, I mean, you, you, I liked what I saw with Eli Rodgers, but I just wasn't convinced that Tomlin was going to, you know, week right. one and everything, just ignore the veteran players. But he seemed to, and yeah, I mean, this is the first guy getting pushed at. And I think, I agree with you, I think long term, Marcus Wheaton is the next one.
0: He's going to be competing with Coates on the outside because Eli Rogers is going to be on the field in that slot. And it makes sense. He's got good hands. He can make all the plays. That's checkbox number one. Number two, he's got Ben Roethlisberger's trust. That's clear. That's checkbox number three. And he's so quick and shifty in space. And when you look at it, Rick, Antonio Brown, as we saw once again, I don't think I'm breaking any news, but we saw it once again on that fourth down play where they scored. If you give Antonio Brown single coverage, they are going to go deep to Antonio Brown, and 80% of the time he's coming down with that ball. So there goes you're going to, you have to have two guys on Antonio Brown at absolutely all times. Somebody else is gonna to have to cover the other outside. Eli Rogers is running across the middle by himself. And when you get the ball in his hands, anything yep. can happen. And that that's a recipe in this type of offense with him having Ben's trust. That makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm going to stick with something I love, Rick. And I love this because it was such a surprise to me. You know, I, I hope it stays this way. I wasn't at, as excited about this gentleman as you were going into the year. Matt Forte and his involvement in the offense is what stunned me. The numbers were, were really good, if not great. 22 carries, 96 yards, five catches, 59 yards. He was on the field most of the snaps he is the guy and he doesn't look like the old retread who showed up at a new team to clock his last contract he looks like he's going to be a legitimate legitimate contributor to that team and if he's on the field that much stat lines like this are going to keep happening
1: i think so and uh you know my only concern is his age and i hope that he can maintain this type of workload one more year because right. they're certainly going to need him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: and, and it's um, they have all the weapons, and with Forte there, if he can maintain this, they're still going to be a force to be reckoned with. They let one get away; they could have won the game with Nick Folk missed, which is kind of yeah. The wheels start turning. They going to keep this guy? I mean, he lot. he has been blowing a lot yeah. of stuff lately for them in the last couple of years. You're white knuckling every time he runs on yeah. the field. And, and there's
0: kickers out there. Well, a billion of
1: them. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, that's not neither here nor there talking about that. But, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Matt Forte looked good.
0: All right, Rick. Let's do what you do now. Who do you hate? Who do you, who do you want to punch in the throat? I will – well, i got a lot of them wrote down. <laughs> He's got two loves and four pages of hate <laughs> over there. Maybe we should just call this you, hate.
1: I'm going to tell you the first thing that I hate is – He was targeted the same amount of times as Mike Evans. And Vincent Jackson hauled in
0: two for 18 yards. It's over for him, right? I think so. Remember, we had, what, eight, ten Vincent Jackson questions on Sunday? Obviously,
1: um, you know, Winston didn't. He was going his way seven times the same amount as Evans for the game. But Vincent Jackson pulled in two, and they were actually back to back catches on a drive right towards the end, a little in a two minute drill. But during the regular game, he hauled in absolutely zero. Right. And I just hate seeing this happen to a guy. I always like Vincent Jackson, but his performance right now is unless he picks it up, unless I'm missing something is almost akin to Troy Polamalu hanging around a year too long. Yeah. Or Roddy White a better example.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: hanging around one too many years, and it's just not going to be pretty.
0: Clocking that one last paycheck, no, no question yeah. about it. All right, Rick, someone I hate, and i got to go all the way back to a week ago tonight on Thursday night, Darius Thomas, four catches, 48 yards. Now he's dealing with a hip injury. We saw him pull up on some balls. We saw him drop some balls. That became a real issue last year. I don't want to accuse a guy of anything because I'm not in that locker room. I don't know. But a lot of these drops, a lot of these poor routes, looks like a lack of effort, if not to go as far as to say fear. I don't know if it's because of the hip injury, because he's banged up. Demarius Thomas, where we sort of gave him some love last week because he was falling so far in drafts. I was laughing. I get this guy's a steal. I'm starting Demarius Thomas in a flex spot in a couple of leagues. That might be for damn good reason, Rick. This guy, 4 for 48, most in the first half. I know he got nicked up. But at the same time, he's still dropping balls. He's pulling up on routes. There's something there. Something doesn't look right. I don't know if it's effort. I don't know if it's attitude. I don't know if it's injury. I don't know what it is, but I I am getting real nervous about Demarius Thomas.
1: Well, watching this cat play over his career and not being obviously in Denver or in the know, just by watching him his whole career and watching him now there's something wrong with him. It's right. not mental. I think he is in some sort of severe physical pain is hampering. He's he doesn't want to get hit. He, right. doesn't, he doesn't want to make that sacrifice across the middle or what it, like it was you couldn't stop him before. Right. Full blast He's a freight train. Yeah, exactly. And he would make the catch. There's something wrong with him and you know, 4 for 48 against a good defense, no doubt, but like you said, you you see these the, the routes aren't crisp. He's slowing up. And, you know, what does that do? He's making
0: no effort at the 50-50 balls. He, he's getting out right. of the way. He's getting out of the way. Exactly. I, I don't want to say I hope it's injury, but I, I hope it's not an attitude thing. It's not an effort thing. If it's an injury thing, maybe you sit him down and get him right. But th- this is one year in one game, Rick. Now it continues right. on. I don't remember him having the drops at the peak. Maybe he did, but he was making so many catches. We don't remember well, that. I
1: remember the drops in the playoffs. Well, yeah. And yeah. that was a concern um, that one year they were expected to go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, it's not something that hampered him, obviously, through his career. They yeah, still Over put up 100, 100 catches. Catch, exactly.
0: Right. All right, Rick. Well, let's stop all this hate. Let's mellow it out, Rick. Why don't you throw some love out? if you have any left on your list, since you put that one out there.
1: I'll be honest with you. I did love what I saw. And I was a little high on this guy, not because I thought he was so magnificent, but I thought he was could make a difference on this team. But Mohamed Sanu, yeah. the production he put up, five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. And albeit they lost, and it's Atlanta. But I really thought, and, and he still might. He still. I think it's he's going to earn Ryan's trust, and Freeman's got to pick it up, obviously. Right. But I think he's going to be a significant part
0: of this offense, and I really love seeing him get involved like that in week one. You called it in the preseason. I got to be honest, you've gotten way too many things right so far, and I'm not really happy about it. And then you go out and put, what, about a 50 spot up on me in in week one, I believe it was. I'm not happy with this. That was fun. It makes me sick to say it, but I think you were right on Sanu. He slides into that Roddy White role that Roddy White couldn't fill anymore, and he looked comfortable in the offense. Julio doing what Julio does, he's nicked up and questionable. He was hampered by that ankle last week, Julio Jones. Mohammed Sanu, there seems to be some chemistry there with Matt Ryan. He's going to be a big part of that offense, and if this running game continues to just be non-existent, as it was in week one and for periods last season, Mohamed Sanu's going to get a ton of targets. And if that rapport exists, he's going to be a nice little flex play every single week, a guy you can count on for five or six catches, a guy who's not going to take the goose egg. If he starts finding the end zone, you have Roddy White all over again. And Julio Jones and Roddy White were both fantasy starters. You may have it again in Mohamed Sanu.
1: Yeah, and, and that's it's good to see because – Atlanta's going to need all the help they can get.
0: <laughs> no yes. question about that. All right, Rick, something I am in love with, and this is one of your boys, and we lamented all, in all the springtime and early, way too early drafts we did, Larry Fitzgerald. All he did was go out in a terrible game for his team, catch eight balls for 81 yards, two touchdowns. Just look like the Larry Fitzgerald of old. What he does when he doesn't have guys like Lindley or Lumley or Rum Dumley or all these idiots they rolled out at quarterback, when he's got a pro quarterback, Larry Fitzgerald, this guy this cat is a hall of famer and he is still getting it done and at an advanced age in the glue that's keeping that offense together.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. And well, you know in our draft in the League of Consequence in the fifth round He was still there. I didn't get him. I was getting ready to take him and went with Calvin Benjamin. But I think either or, I'm a winner. Right, Because Larry Fitzgerald doesn't look like he's slowing down a bit yeah, at 33. I was, a, I was
0: a little nervous in the preseason. He seemed nicked up. He seemed to right. step off. And that's, but when the lights come on and it matters, if there's a 50-50 ball, 100% of the time, Larry Fitzgerald's still going to come down with
1: it. I agree with you 100%. All right, I'd love him.
0: we got to go quick, Rick. Hate on somebody.
1: Hate on somebody. I think I can come up with something. You know what I'm going to hate on? I am going to hate on the total lack of defense from Indianapolis and Detroit. Oh, that was pathetic. I mean, you could throw in the New Orleans Oakland game, but you almost expected the yeah. shootout. But Detroit and Indy, I mean, they just, there was
0: Abdullah. I mean, like 4,000 total yards. I mean, that's crazy. Theoretic, Rick. Theoretic. Over 100 total yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I'll and tell you this about Indianapolis. If you've ever had a dream, if you're listening right now, if you've ever had a dream of playing in the secondary in the NFL, Go ahead and make a stop down in Indy. There is, everybody is hurt, and they only dressed a limited amount, and three of them went out. They are so bad and banged up in the secondary. This is going to continue against Indianapolis. So pay attention to that when you're looking for good fantasy matchups for, for your flex play and your number two wide receivers.
1: Oh, I agree 100%. And, and watching, still watching that Colt offense, I'm not sure Luck survives this year.
0: No, he's going to die. And, and he's going to lacerate know, something else,
1: you know, and, and, Amir Abdullah, I mean, you know, we already mentioned theoretic. I mean, how many total yards did he have? I don't have his stats. In front he had
0: of me. 45 rushing 63 receiving two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's a hundred and some yards Amir Abdullah put up another 120 total yards and a touchdown. This is the Detroit backfield folks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not, not taking anything away from them. But it's it's not Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown no, back there, no, no. And, and it's just it was just terrible to see. I don't mind seeing a, a good game. Look, Green Bay Jacksonville had
0: a shootout, but it just didn't seem it as sloppy. Like it looked it, like football.
1: Yeah, it, the,
0: the Green they the, took great plays to put up that amount of numbers. Yeah, the
1: Indy Detroit game was just a sloppy game. You know, kudos to Detroit. They pulled off a nice win. And, you know, and got their season started off. Historically, right.
0: they lose games like exactly, that. and you
1: know, it was good to see. And you know, and everybody was so high on Indianapolis coming in. You know, oh, Andrew Luck's back there. The division's theirs. <laughs> Contrary, my yeah. friend,
0: I think you're in trouble. Yeah, I think I think they're in for a lo- another long one there in Indy. That bad defensively and a horrible right. offensive line. And Frank Gore is your number one running back, right? Sets up uh, it's a recipe for disaster, Rick. All mm-hmm. right, well, we have got a break here. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show exclusively on the Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. Welcome back to the Asylum Sports Show right here on the Arena Sports Network.
1: Hey, tonight's show is brought to you by Butcher Box, a proud affiliate of Arena Sports Net. Go to arenasportsnet.com and click on the ButcherBox logo to sign up to receive grass-fed beef, organic chicken, and more. Natural meats for approximately $6.50 per meal. Visit arenasportsnet.com and click on the ButcherBox logo for the best meat you will ever have delivered
0: to you and your family. I do like meat you can't beat it man can i ask a question though? of course i don't want to go too far and butcher box is a great sponsor and definitely head over to arena sports net and, and check that out getting meat delivered to the house is fantastic yeah but no the doubt. big thing you, you see it all over the place you see it at the local market everything's grass-fed beef you right know, what are your cows eat <laughs> all cows ate grass what's that about
1: well, I have to assume that... That's you know, the
0: big advertising. It's like how an organic blew up, and I found out I've been eating organic my entire life. I just didn't know it. You know what I mean? Now all my beef is grass-fed, and I always thought it. I grew up on a beef farm, and you know, I mean, we gave them some hay and some chow, but they ate a buttload of grass, too. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, I guess during the season or whatever, when grass is growing, but I guess um, wintertime, maybe some feed them corn. I, I don't know. You know, and I've always saw where corn isn't easy to digest well, and, and so forth i don't I know
0: that all too well i have no idea
1: so i mean yeah i yeah they do eat grass but maybe it's pure grass it's not just a bunch of weeds and, yeah, and maybe the bird ox and all this other kind of stuff out there so maybe that's it i, don't I know, think that's what it is i
0: just keep seeing it everywhere not not assailing anyone i just i see it everywhere grass-fed beef and i'm thinking well you know like spent most of my childhood instead of having any fun or or doing anything that a normal child does i was out Dealing with beef, Kyle. Well, you weren't
1: know. a normal child.
0: Well, uh, that's a whole other discussion. But they were eating a buttload of grass. You know. That's I one mean, you know,
1: your parents would say, you know, have you play look for the cookies, and they'd be out in the middle of the street. <laughs> well, so.
0: well, the street was butt far away. Yeah. I lived in the back haulers. You hey, know you know, I
1: mean? before we get started in this segment, all right, I really wanted to continue on with the love hate thing because oh, I have it. yet another hate. Oh, <laughs> well, you got a lot of hate to get <laughs> out. So go ahead, we'll continue it. You know what? I really hate. There are. It's these people that think
0: they're really in the know and trendy. Oh, this is a Twitter fit, isn't it? I love your Twitter fit. Somebody said something on Twitter that I mean, irked you.
1: I kind of know. It's not they didn't say anything to me. But, you know, it, I had a mini rant last week about, or the week before, about truthers. Yeah. You know, they like that. <laughs> I like use how you that, say it. Say use use the <laughs> word truther, you know, because you have an opinion, you're a truther. But now, what we used to say, and I'll use just pick a player, you know, Adrian
0: Peterson.
1: Well, Isaiah Crowell. All right, he's he's, he's a a better one. You know, Isaiah Crowell would be a good flex play or a sleeper this week. Okay, and I mean, live with that. That's what. That's what. That's what most normal people say. Mm -hmm. But now, you start. Antonio Brown, you start Amari Cooper, you start Kelvin Benjamin, you start Larry Fitzgerald, and you stream the other wide receivers. Oh, you don't like stream? You stream them.
0: That's stupid. <laughs> I say that sometimes. No, you don't. I you don't I even I know what
1: stream is <laughs> other than to fish in.
0: It's, <laughs> I do like to fish. Well, yeah, and
1: fresh fish is great, too. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about They're grass not fed grass-fed,
0: grass-fed though. Well, no, they don't
1: eat grass. That's my point.
0: They eat bugs. I'm sorry, I'm derailing your rant here. Go ahead.
1: I hate that. (laughs) Just say he'd be a great sleeper. He'd be a great flex play or a wide receiver three
0: play this week or whatever the case may be. You know, what do you mean? Stream. Well, what they mean, Rick, by this, not to defend them because I'm no fan of the Twitter troll. troll. Try that again. Pooey. Basically what they're saying is you're playing matchups. Right, right.
1: Well, then say that. (laughs) I mean, what is so hard about it? Why do you have to turn – the term just to sound like you're a little above the normal player. Well, they are. I'm not into that. <laughs> well, you know, I, know I talk it. to the normal player,
0: and and we try to relate <laughs> so, to them. You, you bring, <laughs> so you bring yourself down <laughs> from on high and make yourself available to, <laughs> to the normal player. I like that. That's, that's very, not what I mean. That's very magnanimous that's of you, Rick. That's <laughs> not what I mean.
1: And don't you dare defend <laughs> them, or I'll come across this table. <laughs>
0: I'm or threats you. of physical violence. I I'm like that. Now you. we're getting somewhere. I
1: do not like how they. And another thing, they, you know, I have a take. Okay, it's one thing, you know, first, you know. Well, I a hot get,
0: take, yeah, I don't care for the hot take. Well, no, no. And they no, spell they, it wrong? T A? They T-A-E. spell it. That <laughs> drives
1: me crazy. It's stupid.
0: <laughs> it's not good. It is. And,
1: and they try to sound so superior. You know, because they come up with this kind of crap. You can't even spell take right now. It's four letters. All right? I mean, so get off it. You're just a person. You put your pants on one leg
0: at a time, just like I do. And let's be honest what the industry or the domain that you consider yourself king of isn't really one I think that's all that impressive. Like, it sounds good on Twitter, you know, to be a fantasy expert or fantasy guru. Guru is what always bothered me. You know, we've re- refused to use that word. Yeah. And so that looks good within the fantasy community. Go to your local bar and tell the hottie from Phi Sigma Sigma Phi Piggy Piggy that you're a fantasy guru. You're going home alone, <laughs> Let's just be honest. So I will agree with that. Let's tone it down a little guru bit. Guru backwards is you rug, which means you're a mat. All right? <laughs> All right. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that means. <laughs> wow. All right. You feel better? Not that really. was that wasn't even the Twitter rant I thought you were going to have. You had, you had an issue with player nicknames as well. So I'm I'm poking the bear now. I didn't forget that one. I got so the the nuke fit you had before. Oh you went on yeah, there. that was stupid. <laughs> you too, had so many but... rants you can't even remember them all. You need to start writing this stuff down. Uh, was... I
1: just uh, I just don't like I just don't like this superior trendy crap yeah yeah. you know
0: and 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 it just drives me crazy well no one will ever accuse you of being either superior (laughs) nor trendy i know that so that's probably why that's a good thing
1: that's a good thing because no one is superior and trendy i'm not well that's that's very true all right rick here
0: here (laughs) you good now
1: I feel a little better.
0: All right, let's just take a couple minutes. We'll wrap up our breakdown of week one, and then we'll start looking ahead to week two. We're going to do our starts and sits here this segment. We're going to dedicate the entire final segment to answering the questions. The mailbag is overflowing yes, indeed. with panic this week, Rick. But one well, te- that's to be expected. Yeah. I mean, we, that's the thing. The,
1: the mailbag, you know, we spend a lot more time answering the mailbag after week one, right, till about week eight. Then, once all the injuries and everything have happened, pretty much everybody knows who's going to stink yeah, and, and who's okay. But... And
0: you get through the worst of the bye weeks, right? What's bye week held this I think it's nine. Is it nine? It's a little late this year. I can't year. remember exactly. It's, eight, but... it's seven or nine. It's pretty late in the year. And it's, I swear, there's going to be four NFL games that week. It's going to be horrific. But one takeaway, the one thing I wanted to talk about before we get off of week one. Is just, uh, I don't know what we're allowed to say on the arena sports net, so I'm going to try to be careful. Week
1: nine. Week nine. By week. Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati, Washington, New
0: England, Houston. Ouch. Yeah, that's a big one. That hurts. That's a big one right there. So I'm going to be as delicate as I can be, and I'm rather indelicate, to be honest. But the brass one, Drick, that Jack Del Rio showed at the end of that Oakland New Orleans game, and then in something I want to rant about, you want to talk about stuff that irritates you? Is it's the paralysis by analysis? Did you see this on Twitter where after the game, Sports Center, ESPN sent out a tweet that said, "After the game's over, and we know who won, right? We know how it ended, right?" right? And ESPN puts out a tweet that says, according to our nerds-in-a-box statistical analysis, whatever the hell they call it, if Del Rio had kicked the extra point, Oakland had a 50% chance of winning. And by going for two, they only had a 44% chance of winning. And Jack Del Rio responds to it. It got retweeted like a billion times It said... Yeah, you know, good thing they're not coaching this team. Yeah. <laughs> or we won who the cares? game. Nobody does that, Rick, and it was so gutsy. And it's funny how a, a career can hinge on. That's the kind of crap that could get a coach fired, right? If he yeah. makes that call, it doesn't work. They lose that game by one. They miss the playoffs by one game. Jack Del Rio is looking for a job this offseason, and he may still be. Who knows? But but the guts, the stones it took. To make that call, I love it. and We don't see enough of it. We're, I, we're starting to see it. Tomlin's a bit of a gunslinger, yeah, going for two all the time, going for fourth down all the time. I still like Jack Del
1: Rio as a coach, and I and I thought that was a great hire when they hired him, and I, I think they're uh, you know playoff bound, quite frankly. So uh, week eight as well: Baltimore, Miami, Giants, Pittsburgh. Rams, San Francisco. Okay, the last two don't mean a whole no, lot. But yeah, I mean,
0: sorry, stinking <laughs> no-account teams. Just awful. They need to quit doing that ESPN doubleheader or make East Coast teams play that 10 o'clock game because it's always San Diego, San Francisco, Oakland, these just pathetic teams. And it, it's hard enough to stay up to one thirty in the morning to watch football, but when you're watching losers like this, it, it makes it damn near impossible. I did it. Like, it's shame on me, but –
1: well, yeah, I'm, you shame on you. But if you weren't watching that football game, you'd have been watching Gidget goes to town or something like that. Just because Gidget you was kind of
0: hot. <laughs> I, I, I Who just, played Gidget? I don't remember. Are you asking me? Well, or, of course, or I'm are you, asking you. Are you throwing it out like I should know, and then you shame me well, for you, not knowing? You should it. know. I have no. Was it Sally Field? Might have been. Was she Gidget? I don't know. Very well, she was kind of hot for for that time period. You know what I mean?
1: Well, let's see here. Uh, Gidget, nineteen fifty nine. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't even say. You think it would? Oh, Sandra D.
0: Sandra D. I Sandra
1: get... D. played Gidget. Gidget
0: Gidget was getting it done in her day. Good for her. <laughs> All right, a good egg that one. That's right. Okay, what are we doing here? I don't know. I got so much stuff written down. You know, I'll tell you what.
1: You wanted to talk about takeaways, I'm going to give you a takeaway that a I got from take, week Rick, one. Give me a hot take,
0: T-A-E-K. Give yeah, me a hot take.
1: T-A-E-K. I got – yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> I got your take right here.
1: <sighs> okay, we already covered one takeaway. I One takeaway I did have is I believe Cleveland is now better off with McCown at quarterback. But I'll tell you what, I think right now until – Zach Prescott gets more comfy. Or Dak Prescott. Or what did I say? Zach. Zach. I was thinking Zach Miller for some reason anyway. Jason Witten is a must start. How about Cole Beasley? You buy that? I'm buying. No, I'm, I'm buying Jason Witten, number one, because, you know, Dak Prescott's a rookie. Nine right. catches. Oh, week yeah, one no I mean, yards, he's a he's a muscle oh, 66 yards i mean no it's, it's going to be short dunks to right but in bail, ppr to bail him stuck. out yeah in ppr he is a must start at least the first half of this year so, because prescott's
0: going to rely on him same thing with cole beasley though rick i'm telling you how many targets did he have i thought i had it here in my notes and i'm not finding it but he went to him a billion times yeah you know, those are your easy reads right jason Witten. You got Des being doubled up, you got Terrence Williams when he's not staying in bounds at inopportune time. Oh my but lord. But you got those outside guys, those are your difficult throws. You got a young quarterback who's kinda, you know, still feeling things. And I think he acquitted himself pretty well. I don't want to crush Dak Prescott no. here. He wasn't good enough to win the game and he's not gonna be. This team's won one game without Tony Romo in the last couple of years. But he looked in control. He was able to read down. He checked down to Witten and, and to Cole Beasley, and he kept the yeah. offense – gave him a chance to win. They didn't win, but he gave him a chance yeah. to win. Yeah,
1: 12 targets. He got eight eight catches on the 12 targets. He only had 65 yards as well, but he's not – he wasn't going down the field trying to, to get the long ball. And, and, you know, Terrence Williams, that's inexcusable. This is a fourth-year pro. And the game on the line. Oh, you have no
0: way to stop the clock except to get out of bounds. Right. What are you thinking? I, I can't even. You know. And to his credit, after the game, he you know, he took full responsibility. With the, at the same time making the excuse of. Yeah, he didn't think the angle he was gonna be able to get out of bounds. He thought the tackle was gonna be made in bounds. And that's possible. You still gotta make the effort. You certainly can't cut inside. Well, you no, know you're, you're not gonna, gonna
1: get score. tackled in the
0: middle of the field. You know you're not gonna score. So yeah, just uh, one of those you know, pardon the phrase, one of those brain farts that happens sometime. What I was struck by is he's got the ball in his hands, he turns up field, and Des Bryant is standing there, so it wasn't all on his own. Des Bryant's directing traffic, pointing at the sideline, and he ignores him, cuts inside. Side in, in the games. There. Right. Now, let's be honest. That would have been, what, a 65-yard field goal? You're about Dan Bailey, all you want. He's not going to make that kick, but you got to give your team an opportunity.
1: No, exactly. He, he made... Two fifty-plus yard field goals in that game. At least you had a shot. Yeah. If you get tackled in the middle of the field and the clock runs out, you have zero yeah. chance. You yeah. can go back to your analytics from those bozos about the the Oakland game.
2: Forty-four
1: mm-hmm. percent chance. Well, guess what? Whatever the percentage with Dan Bailey kicking, it's better than zero. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it might be three, but yeah. last I checked, <laughs> right. three is greater than zero. So. Exactly. Yeah. Just complete, completely one hundred percent inexcusable. Uh, what what else do we have? We we talked about the the limited attempts at running the ball. I don't want to beat that one to death. Talked about I'm a little nervous about Adrian Peter. These are things I have had written down, and we got to them all. Right. One thing I, yeah, this is my own lamenting because this was my my targeted wide receiver at the end of the first round of every draft. Should I be nervous Rick about Allen Robinson? He still wound up with 70 yards, but it was a struggle for him. It was a bit of a struggle, but six thing, catches, seventy-two yards.
1: Yeah, I mean, here is nobody what, was huge in that offense. Right. If you look at it, I mean, one point nine yards a carry for Yeldon. Robinson didn't blow anybody's doors off. Julius Thomas had a nice game, but nothing. You know, my one the fifteen catch, one hundred and eighty yards, or anything like that. Alan, like Alan like, Hearns. like was, we talked
0: about on Sunday, he was touchdown dependent, Julius Thomas, and right. he got the touchdown. He got it. So ended up making us look like fools again on that question. But again, that was our argument. You know, if you're chasing a touchdown, Julius Thomas was your guy. I don't remember who we had him matched up against. It might have been Zach Ertz. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But Julius Thomas, you're chasing the touchdown. That's why Thomas's numbers look so good Right, as he, he found the end zone. Here's my question. Should I feel good about this or should I be worried about it? My initial thought, but it might be because I'm a sympathetic, multiple-time Allen Robinson owner, he had his hands on three balls in the end zone. So he's still the number one red zone target. He had opportunities. One got tipped away. Two got, one got knocked out of his hand. And one was an iffy drop. It would have been a tough catch, but the catch he yeah. made last year. So do I feel better that he had that opportunity, or am I nervous that in game week one he didn't pull those down, that he was pulling down last year when he had double-digit touchdowns? I'm not sure how to feel.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. But you still have to look at 38.5% That was his target share. That's
0: That's huge. In a passing offense, that's real
1: Yeldon, 15-4. Allen Hearns, 12-8. Julius Thomas, 12-8. Marquise Lee, Mercedes Lewis, and Rashad Green, you know, rounding out. But it's Allen Robinson. He's going going to be like Calvin Johnson.
0: That's a good comparison. I mean, he's going
1: to be getting the lion's share of these targets. If three weeks down the road he's still getting these targets and still pulling in only five catches, now you might want to get concerned. Yeah. You know, one game, I'm not going to panic. I mean, we talked about this at first, you know. Yeah, you just have to keep an eye on it. I don't know what else to tell you on that one, you know. But um,
0: Green th- Bay plays decent. They don't get any credit for it because do. of Aaron Rodgers. They play, they play a good little style of defense up there. Exactly. That's still Dom Capers up there we he in Carolina now. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. How about um, Will Fuller for Houston? I'll tell you. 11 targets.
1: He only hauled in the five catches, but it was 107 yards and a touchdown. He got 31.4% of the targets in Houston as John, uh,
0: DeAndre Hopkins got 229 I had written down the next one on my list of my takeaways was Brock Osweiler is bad for DeAndre Hopkins. Fuller's an interesting case study. Here's a guy who was the number one guy and looked fantastic in the preseason. right? He was making all the catches in preseason. And I don't think we ever brought him up on here because in my mind I'm thinking, all right, once the season starts, this is DeAndre Hopkins' team. right? This is his game. They're going to, you know, the offensive game plan last year when they were running out all those rum-dums they had at quarterback was to let's move the ball on the ground as much as we can. We're going to one deep one to Hopkins to get us in scoring position. We're going to throw to him three times at the back pile on, and that's going to be our offense, and Hopkins put up big numbers. Now, there seemed to be this chemistry for Will Fuller, and he made these catches. In the preseason, he comes out week one, does the exact same thing. He had the one long one that resulted in the touchdown, which I don't know. I never know what to think when I'm not familiar with a guy if that skewed his numbers or that's who he's going to be, right? I mean, that's right, exactly. So I don't know, but I'll say about Hopkins what I just said about Allen Robinson. There was twice I was watching on the red zone, at least twice that I know of, that they did make that throw to Hopkins at the back pylon. One he, again, I don't want to drop, it was a 50-50, and one got knocked out of his hand. So it could have been the same thing. If he had two touchdowns and two more catches, we're saying same old DeAndre Hopkins, everything's good, and look what Fuller did. We're looking really good here in Houston. So, number one, I think Fuller's the real deal. I'm not sure he's an every week start, but I get him rostered, and you start monitoring this, and this guy could be a flex play every week. I'm not quite ready. I'm nervous about Hopkins. I'm going to admit to it. I'm not ready to panic yet, but I'm nervous because, again, it's same thing with Allen Robinson. Same thing with Dej Bryant. He had his hand on two balls in the end zone, as bad a week as he had. These are catches these three superstars usually make in the end zone. Right. I have to assume going forward they're going to make them, so that doesn't allow me to completely jump off the bridge, but I'm walking towards it anyhow. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%. So. All right, what do we got here? We got 10 minutes left. Let's Let's get into some starts and sits, right? yes. Who are you starting? Let's let's get ready for week two. Enough lamenting we, week, we, week one. We kind
1: of brought it up in the previous segment. I I'm starting Travis Benjamin, and um, with Keenan Allen out, I think he you have to get him in the lineup. He still led the Chargers in in targets in week one. Of course, you know, um, Allen had gone out, so right. obviously that's that stands to reason, but. Um, you know, eight targeted eight times in that game, hauled in seven of the catches. Nothing huge, only 32 yards, so there's a little dink and dunk stuff. But Travis Benjamin, he, he's quick. He's got good hands. He's got the ability and, to break them. And especially in
0: PPR legs, I think he's a must start. Yeah, and look, he didn't break them in week one, but we've seen he has the ability to slash through that slot and then make that short catch and turn it into something big, and I think he's going to do that plenty this season. Rick, my start of the week, we talked about it earlier on with that Colts secondary. Just pathetic, and now all the injuries, and a real good chance you're starting as the nickel corner for the Colts this weekend. Talked about my fears and my hatred for what happened with Demarius Thomas. Emmanuel Sanders, Rick, you know, staying away from the obvious is my start of the week. Trevor Simeon comported himself quite well. Yeah. Showed a bit of a rapport. You know, I thought, a good defense. Yeah, I thought Sanders would be the forgotten one. I like Demarius Thomas. I liked C.J. Anderson. I was worried with the rookie quarterback that the second option in Emmanuel Sanders would be forgotten. He wasn't. He looked pretty decent in week one, and he's going to be running free in this pathetic secondary in Indianapolis, and I am really excited. And and for the price, a guy I'm looking at in daily leagues as well this week is Emmanuel Sanders.
1: I agree 100%, and I think uh, he's going to just – keep progressing i think um there's something wrong with demarius thomas and it's not bad having emmanuel sanders to lean on yeah there's something wrong with demarius thomas It's a pretty
0: darn good backup
1: play exactly i i agree all right what are we doing we're doing i already did a start i'm going to do a sit and it may surprise a lot of owners and you're probably not going to do it but i'll tell you what they came off a tough loss to denver They're at home. Carolina's got a good defense. I don't want any part of Carlos Hyde running against that defense.
0: No, 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 no. He is so touchdown dependent. Look back at his career numbers, Rick. His rushing numbers per game, not good. Never have been good. He's dependent on catching passes, which you didn't see a ton of, even in that boat race that happened on Monday night. And he's touched down to Penn. He got in the end zone a couple times. He has the big stat line. Caroline is going to be mad. San Francisco played the Monday night game, the late Monday night right. game, flying all the way across the country to play a ticked off defending Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I don't even think Carlos well, Hyde gets Super started. Bowl Super Bowl runner up. <laughs> yes, yeah. They got the participants trophy, but they played Thursday too. Right, right. So they've got the, they've got the extra rest, the short turnaround, flying three thousand miles for San Francisco doesn't bode well. It's going to be tough sledding for Carlos Hyde. I, I like that one. I agree a hundred percent. All righty, all right do I want to sit here? I got myself a stack of mediocrity. I want to go to... Here's one, Rick, with the the questions with Russell Wilson. We, we had a lot of questions. I don't know how many we are going to get read on the air. A lot of Jameis Winston questions showing up in the mailbag looking to replace a, a Russell Wilson or people who are, I'm going to say this quietly, streaming quarterbacks. <laughs> Jameis Winston coming off that massive week one against Atlanta. Now they're flying to Arizona, Rick, against what's got to be a really ticked off team that just got embarrassed by a New England Patriots team that didn't have Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski, two first ballot Hall of Famers. They're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be mad, and I think Jameis Winston's going to pay for it. I think it's going to be tough sledding for Jameis Winston this week.
1: I agree, and, you know, we brought up Vincent Jackson. He doesn't seem to be the Vincent Jackson we're used to. Of course, he's 33 years old. Some guys age a little quicker than others, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be tough sledding for Tampa Bay offense the whole way
0: around. Yeah, Mike Mike Evans – Doug Moore, I think you still have to play those two guys. I don't think you have anything on your bench better. But you're going to temper your expectations with all those guys. And I I think Jameis is going to take a pounding this week. I hope he survives, quite frankly. Because what I did want to say, I bring that up to say this – under normal matchups i think we're starting to think about Jameis winston as a start he's starting to, right. to bubble exactly. up to that bottom 11th 12th 13th 14th quarterback somewhere in there where if you're playing matchups with your corner with your quarterback this is a guy you're going to i think start more often than not i think he's turned a corner he he looked in control look that falcons defense the 85 bears they're not <laughs> I didn't right. love his, you know that may be a, an overstatement quite frankly but Jameis Winston—he's a legitimate star quarterback. He's the leader of that team. You got a great receiver in Mike Evans, a great running back in in uh, the Muscle Hamster. But you know, if you're playing matchups, this isn't the matchup you want to play Winston.
1: I agree, 100. It's just—it's going to be tough sledding for him. Arizona's still got a good good defense, and that offense can throw up points. And let's let's not make any mistake about it. They could get up quick.
0: Yeah, they're they're mad. <laughs> they're and, really and
1: mad. With with Fitzgerald, Floyd, Brown, all the weapons they have, Johnson, Johnson. You know, Carson Palmer's not afraid to throw it. So they could go up quickly and then that's going to force Tampa's hand. And when you force a team's hand against that Arizona defense, they're very opportunistic takeaways start happening and then things can come across or come apart real fast
0: yeah yeah so when we we got like less than a minute here rick i'm just going to throw out starts uh you got the falcons playing the raiders this week i'm in love with both quarterbacks in that game we saw the defense they played Derek carr you're probably starting every week anyhow but matt ryan's a guy i'm getting in my lineup against that raiders defense who clearly you can throw against
1: yeah, and I tell you what, I agree with that too. And you know, I'm not I'm gonna go along with you with, with the point you made earlier, Cole Beasley. I think he may be a, a little uh sleeper or flex start, you know, against that Washington defense that Pittsburgh just annihilated. Absolutely. And um, you know, Anything huge, maybe not, but in PPR, I think he's going to be uh, very valuable.
0: Yeah, he'll pick him apart. A a sit this week, sort of an upper-level sit. I don't know if you have the, the bench, the depth to do this, but if I can avoid LeSean McCoy this week going up against the Jets, as much as they got torched by Andy Dalton in week one, go ahead and have a look at Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard's stat lines. They can still take away the defense. We got Sammy Watkins banged up. I guess that game's going on now, actually, so it might be too late to to tell you this. But LaShawn McCoy is a guy I'm avoiding if I can at all costs this week. I
1: agree, and I'll tell you a quick sit for me: the Washington backfield,
0: <laughs> all I, of them.
1: <laughs> I mean, seriously, Chris Thompson, Matt Jones—they just didn't look good against Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh's pretty good front seven, but Dallas can can play a little defense against the run and. I don't know. Washington, they had a fairy tale season last year. They're playing a much tougher schedule. Yep. And they're not
0: that good. No, they're just just—they're just a big bag of all right. Yeah. And so I think everything's going to be white knuckle and they're going to struggle against good teams. All right, well, let's break here, Rick. When we come back, we will open up the mailbag, answer all your questions. You're listening to Asylum Sports Radio here on, exclusively on Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. We'll be back right after this.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Asylum Sports Show. Tonight's program, as well as all of our programming and media, are brought to you by our partners, Cleaver Supplements and Spark Plug Strategies. Visit them online at cleaversupplements.com and sparkplugstrategies.net. All right. And, Rick, we are heading
0: to the mailbag. Oh, that's my favorite part of the week. We help you. You can be part of it with Sunday morning, the Inside Slant. We'll answer more at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. If you want your questions answered. You better believe Let's it. Let's get right into it, Rick. We've got so many. I picked out the best. Anything we don't get to on the air, don't worry. We will respond directly through the email because we're just that kind of guys, Rick. I mean, we really are we good are. guys. Yeah, we-, we
1: do prefer that you go with the Asylum Football at gmail.com because unless you just want a short answer. You know, right. like Twitter, because the character limits on Twitter are kind of hard to give you any sort of an explanation. But, um,
0: hey, but yeah. I will tell you, tell us your name. Where you come from? Keep it short, unless it's some wacky trade question. Because you'll notice when I read them, I redact it to the bidness, so I can get, right. we can get to as many as we want. So yeah. I take out bidness. all the pleasantries. You and like that word? Yeah, the bidness. The bidness. 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 I'm all, all right. About, let's get. I'm all about the Quit bidness. And get in right, the mail bar. Right. As I'm saying, how we do take steps to get as many as we can, yeah. and I'm just yapping. And you still are. Right. Get to the mail. Bar. Sam from West By Gum, Virginia. Rick asked, non-PPR should. <laughs> hmm. Standard, all right. Should I trade Antonio Brown? Do I need to no. go any further for no. Matt Forte and Marvin Jones? No. No, no. I don't care no, how no, short. No, I'm no. assuming he's low on running backs. I don't care. Antonio Brown's worth a running back and a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no.
1: Even in standard. under
0: He's untradeable. I don't know. Odell Beckham and somebody, maybe. Right. Julio Jones and somebody, maybe. Otherwise, yeah. Antonio Brown is completely untouchable. Right. All right, Chris from Southern Virginia asked, he doesn't tell us PPR or standard, and I think that's very relevant. Maybe it's not relevant here. Eddie Lacy or Amir Abdullah? Lacy. Abdullah Oblongada. Lacy. He was a disappointment last week, though. But, but Abdullah? Yes, I- he was. And...
1: and... But I still have to go, In going up against the Minnesota defense this week, you know, it doesn't bode all that well. But I still just have to think. I mean, we see what Lacey can do, and this offense is tough. Lacey, that's all I can say. Yeah,
0: he's going to get the bulk of the carries. If this was a PPR, I have to assume it is for him to even ask this question, right? And please let us know what your league format is when you ask these questions. Right. But I have to assume it's PPR or you wouldn't ask the question. I'm going to say that what Theo Riddick did last week, the amount of snaps he took, he is every bit as much of the pa- passing game. It's not the he's the running back and Abdullah is the change of pace, pass receiving back. They fill the same role. They just split the they just right. split the the snaps. So and Theo Riddick did it a hell of a lot better last week than Abdullah did.
1: And they're not gonna be playing the indie defense every well, week. Well
0: that's a good point too. So yeah, this this is Eddie Lacey every time irregardless. So Jordan from Texas wants to know Andrew Luck or Marcus Mariota? Luck. Yeah, I think it is bad as things are there with no running game. you got good – it's a tough matchup, and I think this is why he asked the question. And I like
1: Mariota, don't get me wrong. And,
0: you know, quite frankly – it's going up against that Detroit defense, this you, is actually closer than when you I just mean, look well, at the I mean, well, this
1: isn't a start sick question, is it? I mean, just for the week or – Yeah, this okay, week. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, certainly it's – okay – I'm just thinking. Okay, I tell you what. I think maybe I would go Mariota at Detroit. I mean, Indianapolis is at Denver. The thin air. I'm not so sure that so sure that I want to go. Luck may die this year. Yeah. I mean, he is just he's susceptible. That O line is is not very good. Frank Gore's thirty four. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he did. I think he's had still got to go. Andrew Luck. I he think had these great dude. numbers against
0: Detroit, right? Okay, I, yeah, Luck. I mean, it's, it's logic. 55-45, though. You, you could talk me into Mariota if you talk long enough. I'm I think go, long
1: term, you're going to be stuck with. You're going to have Mariota.
0: Yeah, Luck's going to get hurt. I, I think so. But ride him while he, Look, yeah, Mariota has the much better matchup, but he didn't look so hot last week, Rick. He he no, really they didn't. didn't. You're right. You know I don't know if that's a product of a tough defense which they won't face, and we know Indy's going to face. So when there's so much luck. yeah, you just stick luck. with Andrew Luck. Right. Yeah. All right. Mike from Philly says PPR Jordan Matt. Well, this is a good question. Jordan Matthews or Larry Fitzgerald? Mm. I'd like to start them both, but I'm assuming that's not an option. Right? I mean, Philadelphia's at Chicago. Which is
1: horrible. They stink. But Arizona's angry and they're at home. You got Carson Palmer. I got to go Fitzgerald very slightly. 51 49, 52 48, something like that.
0: Yeah, I I think while while, assuming he's still healthy and while he's healthy, I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to be your play most weeks. But but Jordan, I'd like to know who if this is a yeah. two receiver and a flex. Yeah. You know, if it's a two in a flex, who are the two above them? Who's your number two receiver? Because I really like Jordan Matthews, Rick. He, I had him in the love hate. We didn't get to him he, with the rookie quarterback. Or he seemed to be the number one option there, right? You, you know, we yeah. talked about Zach Ertz, Definitely. and that's where he's going to look. But but Wentz isn't so afraid to go down the field to Jordan Matthews, and that's what Jordan Matthews does. Got the seven grabs, got in the end zone. I like. I feel really good about Jordan Matthews. This is a guy I was high on when I shouldn't have been. I'm sticking it with my position. But you saw what Larry Fitzgerald did. He's back 100. percent This team's ticked. They're want. They're going to want to go out and hang about 70 on Tampa Bay. <laughs> this game could really, really be ugly, quite frankly. And Larry Fitzgerald really emerged, if you didn't already know, as the absolute leader of that team and the heart and soul of that team. So I think it's ever so slightly. But the only thing that ever worries me about Larry Fitzgerald, what if John Brown has the better matchup? Or what if – you you know what I mean? I know, but it's still
1: Larry Fitzgerald. Right, right. And and that's why he's always the leading receiver year after year.
0: Yeah. My only point is it's Jordan Matthews. It's Zach Ertz if he's healthy with that displaced rib, and then it's three bags of flour there in Philadelphia. Right. But it's got to be Larry. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. I agree with you. It's got to be Larry. And it's it's so
1: close because you just brought up a good point. If Zach Ertz is out now, what? Of course, you still have Brent Selleck who's who's capable at tight end, but he's not Zach Ertz, right? Boy, I tell, yeah, I mean that's a good question. I'd like to know who else
0: is on your team. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Fitzgerald there, but this one's really, really close. All right, where are we at, Ken from Wrigleyville? I, mean, I guess that's Chicago, right? Is there actually a name? Must be a neighborhood called Wrigleyville. I don't, I don't know. know. All right, which side of this trade do you like? I was offered Alan Robinson for Doug Baldwin and Julian Edelman. The hmm. PPR doesn't say. Okay, he's offered Allen Robinson. So he's got Baldwin and Edelman. Somebody's
1: offered him. I'm keeping Baldwin and Edelman.
0: Yeah, I don't.
1: Number one. Robinson
0: doesn't make up for their production. Now, (laughs) if you would throw in a lower tier. Yeah. Counter for a lower tier running back to supplement it, then I make the deal. Number one. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But number one, these
1: two-for-one deals. When you're talking the caliber of Baldwin and Edelman, if Edelman gets hurt, you still have Baldwin. Alan Robinson gets hurt, you got nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're out.
1: And I mean, you're ta- you're not talking, you know, Terrence Williams and Julian Edelman. Right. I mean, right. you're talking Doug Baldwin or, or vice versa. Two borderline number ones. Right. Solid. And, two. and, and, and if if it's PPR. Edelman's definitely a number one.
0: Yeah, was he a shock? I mean, he was my sit of the yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. And he did exactly what he does with Tom Brady with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So, yeah, I, I think it's too much. you got to get something it, else back. Yeah. Uh, another – look, Robinson is better than either of those two. And I think by – I don't want to say considerable, but by a fair enough amount that you even give this a thought, which I think is what's happening here – but you got to get something else, something to supplement it—a low two running back, a, right. a solid mid to low two receiver. I want to get my hands on Allen Robinson if I can, but that price is way too steep. I think so too. Boy, we are in lockstep today. All right. Well, we got another another trade question from Vic from Jersey. Could it be any more uh, lot, stereotypical?
1: A lot of these guys are, are the panic set panicking. Men. Trade panic talk.
0: Set. All right. I'll just read it. What he wrote: I was offered Brandon Cooks and Sterling Shepard for Allen Robinson. Now, here we go. Here we go. And, uh, again. Another side. This is a twelve-team PPR. Should I make this move? So you he's got. A, he's got a two-part question. Oh, okay. Well, let, let's answer them one at a time. Well, no. Okay, it's not a two-part question. So he says, my other wide receivers, and this this may factor in for you, right? All right. Are Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Tavon Austin, and Sammy Coates. So he's pretty deep there. Do you yeah, really need but, to bring in two?
1: Yeah, but he's deep with not studs. Right. He's bringing in Cooks from a very high-octane offense. And who was the other Sterling one? I Sterling Shepard. Yeah,
0: Sterling Shepard. But here's where here's where I might not make this move, and I'm glad he put in his other list. Look, Sammy Watkins, we, we spent enough time talking about him at the top of the show. So you're bringing in Allen Robinson. You're giving away Allen Robinson. He's your clear number one. So now Brandon Cooks becomes your other your other number one. Now you're dealing with Watkins. You're dealing with Marvin Jones. We won't talk about Tavon Austin or Sammy Coates necessarily. When are you going to get Sterling Shepard on the field with that stable of receivers? How often are you going to get him on the field? He's still at best the number two in New York. If he's not the two B slash three, if Victor Cruz somehow stays healthy. Mm -hmm. So really, I know, I know, (laughs) but let's just play the game with me here. So really you're giving up. I almost look at this Would I give up Allen Robinson for Brandon Cooks because he doesn't need the depth is my point. I don't think I'd give up Allen Robinson for Cooks. They're fairly close. I like Robinson better. Shepard sweetens the deal, but with this stable receivers, I don't know how often Shepard gets on the field. So I don't think I make this move. You make a good point. I mean, how much?
1: Okay, Wheaton comes back for Pittsburgh.
0: Right, Coates is out. I'm, I'm not even factoring exactly. Him in. Exactly.
1: Okay. Okay, we've gotten him. Okay, name another one on that.
0: In roster. order, Sammy Watkins.
1: Okay, Watkins. He could be out. Could that, be. that foot foot could be done? Okay, so I'm crossing him off right now. All right. Okay. Marvin Jones. I like Marvin Jones. Right,
0: he's a tick better than Shepard for me.
1: Yeah. Okay, so now he's your number two behind Cooks if you make the deal. Right. And then Tavon Austin. I love Tavon yeah, Austin. Yeah, I love Tavon Austin. He's on, on that Austin. sorry no-account team. Right. Right. So
0: Shepard may see the field. But how often does he make? He's playing for New York. Does he make your stable that much better that you're willing to give up the gap that I think exists? And maybe the gap isn't as big for you. The gap that I think exists between Allen Robinson and Brandon Cooks. I mean, it's not a chasm between no. them. It's there's a pretty good gap there for me. Now we know I'm an Allen Robinson mark. So yeah. maybe we need a dispassioned observer here. No, and,
1: and we we've talked, you know. Many times on, yeah, Drew Brees, Willie Snead, and Brandon Cooks looked wonderful in first week. But what if he only throws for 300 yards in week two? It could be Willie Snead and two other guys and, look, and not Cooks as much. You I certainly understand. can't
0: take it away, but how many times are you going to catch a 99-yard touchdown? True. What percentage of his production was that while Willie Snead was out catching seven balls or whatever it was? I think it's too much uh, by yeah. not needing Shepard. He just doesn't yeah, need Shepard. Yeah, okay.
1: I'll go along with that. I, I do like Shepard, though, because
0: oh, I, like, so do I. I like that offense. Oh, yeah, they're going to move the ball. They're going to score some you points. You better believe they are. But I think well, here's what you're doing. You're taking – here's how I look at it, and this just might be my fantasy philosophy, all right? You're taking Cooks, who's an every week start, but every week you're a little nervous for everything we've talked about way too often with the Saints, so I won't go through it again. And you take on Shepard, who's kind of in the same situation, right? He's definitely buried behind Odell Beckham, All and right. he's competing with Victor Cruz right now, anyhow. True, yeah, for Cruz. Targets. But I... so I'm taking on this guy's questionable. So so every week he's going to be emailing us, do a, start two or start right, three yeah. of Brandon Cook, Sterling Shepard, Tavon right. Austin, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Right. I'm giving away the stability of, he's never going to email about Allen Robinson again, right? right? Do I start Allen Robinson? Yes, stupid. You're going to start Allen. Not that you're stupid there, yeah. Vic, but I'm just making my point yeah.
1: here. Okay, I'll, I'll go along with you. we got to get a, to a lot more of these. but yeah. We uh, yeah, spent I,
0: 15 minutes on four questions. Right. Well, this is how we think. And this is why we talk through it. Like, I like this. This is the thought process that goes it's into it. It's true. I mean, you th- can go to e- ESPN and have Matthew Barry tell you. You can go to some of these sites and let these roto nerd flex things tell you they're projected this. If the weather does, this. no, just sit down and think about it logically. Right. This is this is how we do things. That's why we're the asylum. Yeah, it's what we do. Completely different. All right, Brett from your hometown, Rick Grove City, standard right. league. <laughs> You're gonna smack the microphone right off the table, Rick. Jason Whitner, Julius Thomas, in standard. Well, you know what? You know, that makes
1: a big difference. PPR, I'd slap the microphone. (laughs) But, you know, after week one, I don't really – I still have to go Witten, I think, because Allen Robbins is going to get his. I'm I'm not sure how much – I mean, we, we didn't see Julius Thomas do a whole lot of stuff last year in that offense. Right. And with Prescott being young, he's still going to be relying on Witten. So I think you go with Witten right now unless things change in Jacksonville and Julius Thomas, say, has another touchdown this week against San
0: Diego. Maybe throw him in there. Yeah, I'm going to say this. So so we're going to start this again. I'm going to go with your boy Witten for this reason. And for this reason, I agree in a standard league, you know, the yardage wasn't there. It, it was all about the receptions. Could, is it a reasonable argument to make that right now, even with Des Bryant on the field, for Dak Prescott, that Jason Witten is the number one option in Dallas right now? After Ezekiel Elliott running the ball, I think the number one option in the passing game is Jason Witten. Whereas Julius Thomas is at best the number three option in that Jacksonville passing game. Right. They both got really good matchups against pretty bad defenses both teams this week. I'm going to go with the guy who's the first option. And while the yardage wasn't there, more times than not, if you catch seven balls, you're going to be approaching 100 yards, even though he didn't do it last week, and you're going to have a shot at the end zone. So I'm going to take the number one option over the number three option. Again, like we talked about, and even though we ended up being wrong because he did catch it, I don't want to be so touchdown dependent on a Julius Thomas.
1: Right. And like you said, even though Julius Thomas did get in the end zone, and Jason Witten didn't have any big yardage. He still had more yards than Julius Thomas. Right. So I, I'm st- I still think Witten is a logical play until proven wrong. Right. If, tar- if Thomas starts becoming this end zone target like he was in Denver. Right.
0: Then, then it's a different conversation. Then you switch. All right. Well, there we go. We, we got to an agreement. Josh from Philly. We're big in Philly, Rick. I, I say terrible things about Philly, too. I probably ought to stop Yeah, but that. see,
1: you can't offend them in Philly. They're just like we are. <laughs> well, that's true. Right? I mean, true. They're, they're fine. They're, they're tough. They're they don't worry they're, about they're stuff like that. they maniacs
0: out there. They'll, if they see me, they'll beat me down. Well, but yeah. They'll keep listening. And to deservedly that. so. Absolutely. But they'll keep listening. Right. I, I appreciate that. All right. Pick two in a PPR. Jonathan yeah. Stewart, Amir Abdullah, Mark Ingram. Ugh. Abdullah and Ingram. That's yeah, Stewart and Ingram. I'm not thrilled with either one of them, but Abdullah, I think, is easy to kick out of well, that. Well,
1: Carolina's one. at home against San Francisco, who totally shut down Todd Gurley. Um, Abdullah, where's Detroit playing
0: this week? Uh, where are they? Home to Tennessee. Oh,
1: yeah, home to Tennessee. and well,
0: Completely shut down Adrian Peterson.
1: Right. I'm going Ingram.
0: Yeah, that's an easy one. Even though Cadet, the amount of yeah. snaps he took makes me a little nervous. Tons but. of
1: targets as well
0: in the passing game, but everybody had him that game.
1: I think, yeah, I'm with you. I'll go Stewart, Ingram Stewart.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not thrilled with it. But no. I think obviously Josh here must have – well, these, this could be a number two running back situation too. Could I be. don't know. All right, Mike from Baston from Beantown. I'm one of the millions being crushed by the Keenan Allen injury. I have first priority on the waiver wire. Who should I should I pick up? Sterling Sharp or <laughs> – Sterling Shepard or yeah. Tajay Sharp? I was to say, don't pick, I up pick up Sterling Sharp. I would pick up Sterling He's a little old. <laughs> yeah. you, you put them together, that's what you get. Right. But he wants to know between Sterling Shepard and Tajay Sharp. That's uh, a hell of a question. Uh, sharp. Yeah, Sharp had seven catches last. I think Sharp's the number one wide receiver in Tennessee. I think so. Shepard I love. I, I do. like mean,
1: Kendall I, Wright's done.
0: Yeah, he's hurt again. And,
1: you know. Yeah, I, I, that's where I'm going. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's sharp for, for this year. I think maybe for the long term, if this was a dynasty or something, right? I think think twice. But right now, Sharp's the number one receiver, so I agree with you there. All right, Adam from Parts Unknown. I like where they do a little yeah. bit of stick there. Pick three in a PPR. All right, Rick. Get oh, your pen let out. me get the old pen. You huh? ready? I'm ready. Yeah, baby. All right, Doug Baldwin, Baldwin, uh, Eric Decker, Decker, Golden Tate, Tate. Michael Crabtree. Jeez. Two more. Holy cow. Kevin White. Tajay Sharp. PPR. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: Baldwin.
0: Yeah, that's an obvious. Decker. Comes down to Crabtree and Sharp to me, Rick. I agree with your first two. Golden know, Golden Tate.
1: He's still going to be the number one Detroit. I think I'm going Crabtree.
0: You know, I'm going to disagree with you, so he he's going to have to make a decision. Only
1: because they're at home against Atlanta.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, they had that fantastical matchup last week. Crabtree was pretty quiet. Right? It, it was all... It was all Amari Cooper. He made the big play at the end, the two-point conversion, had some catches later on. He was a little quiet. Again, Tajay Sharp caught seven balls in a game. They couldn't move the ball. He had seven for 70-something. They couldn't move it. It's really, really close. So what, what I'll say to you, what, what was the writer's name? Mike, if you, if you want to play it safe, how about this? You know, we're, we're going to agree on Decker and Baldwin. If you want to play it, I think Crabtree's a safe play there. I think Tajay Sharp's the high upside. So depending on what kind of player you is, let you is, yeah. yeah, what kind of player you is, what kind of player you are, let that be the tiebreaker. I roll the dice a little bit. Rick plays it plays it a little closer to the vest, and I think that's why the difference came in. Tajay Sharp, seven for seventy six. Good.
1: Crabtree, quiet day. Seven for 87. Did he have that many? I'm going Crabtree, man. Yeah, he did. I, I think the I think the offense is higher octane, and I, I just think it's there. In their home against Atlanta, they're going to move the ball against Atlanta. Yeah,
0: you you would certainly think
1: so. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm staying by Michael Crabtree.
0: All right, Brian from Cincy, and I hesitate to take his question as I hate the Bengals and they're playing here in Pittsburgh this weekend, but we are a full-service radio right. show, so – Brian, uh, begrudgingly, I will answer your question. <laughs> PPR flex pick one between Sanu, Langford, Crabtree, or Hearns. Hmm, pretty good. I'd pick like to, one. Yeah, you can only have one for a flex. I'd like to see the rest of this. Team. It's got to be a ten-team league, right? Could be. I don't know. I mean, as much as it's Sanu or Lang or Sanu or Crabtree for me. I'm down. I'll tell to you about Langford. Uh, he was a whole bunch of okay last week. If he didn't have the touchdown, the scoring wouldn't have been there. He, he looked good. He looked decent against a really good defense. But, but he you're was a, a whole, Langford guy. Remember I'm a that. Langford guy. But I would admit, he was just a whole lot of okay. So this yeah. comes down to Sanura Crabtree for me. I didn't like you. know You read off Jacksonville's right. percentage on distribution of targets, and Hearns was, was way down. I think I have to go um, –
1: Crabtree. Yeah, I'm going to go there. I think they're at home. Atlanta's got to travel out there, and it could be a shootout as well. But I'm still going
0: Crabtree. Yeah, Sanu showed it to me once. Show it to me again. Right. We, we Crabtree's done this for a year and a game now. So yeah. I, I agree. I'm going to go Crabtree there with a good matchup. All right, Rick. Just Dan. He Dan didn't tell us where he was from. He doesn't want us tracking him down. So we're going to pick three in a standard league. Oh, standard. All right. Man, now. Here's what I can tell you about Dan. You're going to be stunned at the running backs he has, but he doesn't tell us. Dan, right back in and let us know what kind of pile of junk you have at the wide receiver position. All right, go because ahead. Rick, you got to pick three of these: Lamar Miller, all right, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh come on, CJ Anderson. Zeke, C.J. Anderson. What is it? An eight-team league? Hold on, and D'Angelo Williams. We got. Oh come
1: on. We got a bench. We got a bench. One of the,
0: who's he? Who's his number one receiver? Mohamed Sanu, maybe.
1: <sighs> oh well, you're starting D. Will you, you start, have to? You are
0: starting D'Angelo? You have to start Elliott. Although he's the biggest question. I'm starting mark Lamar. Start. He's number two. Yeah. So, are we sitting C.J.? Yeah, I think we're sitting C.J. here. I am. And home against the Colts? I'm not. Who are you going to sit? Zeke. After what D'Angelo did to that Washington defense? Yeah, uh, that's Washington's good a, too. Was yeah. one Jeez. of the two or three worst de- rush defenses in the league the last year in a game. Oh, man, yeah, you're right. And that's Zeke's yeah. going to get the ball 30 times.
1: Yeah, for when I glanced up there, I saw Dallas, but mm. my eyes were crossed. I thought they were playing New England. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, it's C.J. Yeah. You know who has the worst matchup? And they're at home against Indiana. Yeah, the worst matchups, is D'Angelo Williams. But I'm you... almost
0: thinking about sitting D'Angelo. Oh, I'm not sitting D'Angelo Williams. Well, I didn't say I'm going to do it, but he is, I'm thinking about it. He's got the worst matchup by far. Yeah, but it's also the best offense out of those four teams. No, you know who has the worst matchup is Lamar Miller going up against Kansas City. Look, he got over 100, but it took a lot of carries to get there. Rick, I'm going on a limb here. I'm sitting Lamar Miller. I'm starting Zeke, I'm starting CJ, and I'm starting D'Angelo. That's where I'm going. Bad matchup. Low. He got to the 100, but it was a low yards per carry. He had to grind him out. They may be able to do it again, but he's going to have to grind him out. I'm gonna, I am going to can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm going to sit Lamar here. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: Dan, <laughs> the validity of your team. Make I a mean, trade, Dan. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – Okay, you know I, I, I'm almost gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go along with you. I I think maybe I will. I think um, Elliot, yeah, I'll sit Lamar Miller out of those. All days. right, oh, yeah,
0: that, that's tough. That's crazy. Yeah, good for you in the running backs. So I'm curious. Yeah, I, what he I he hope
1: Ted Ginn is great for you in a wide <laughs> receiver spot. All right,
0: all right, Jamie from Chicago, Rick. If Russell Wilson sits out this week. Who should I pick up off the waiver wire, Alex Smith or Jimmy Garoppolo? J- Garoppolo. I think they're going to blow the doors off Miami this week.
1: Yeah, I don't like, uh, you know, we talked about Lamar Miller against Kansas City. I don't really like, um, you know, Alex Smith going against Houston.
0: Yeah, he ain't throwing much. through 340 again. That, no. was, that was an anomaly I'd go Garoppolo. situation there. I agree. All right, where are we at? Allen from Mount Washington. So right here in the berg. Do you see any chance that Jamal Charles produces this season I'm weak at running back and in considering trying to broker a deal to get my hands on him while his value is so low if so what type, tier of players slash players would you offer up for him that's a whole lot of question right there for me we very, about a minute and a half for left. me
1: very low I mean if you read the fantasy green draft <laughs> you guys, love talking I'm about telling you I've I, I'm saying this is the beginning of the end of Jamal Charles, and I'm not so cer- certain that he's going to be able to produce much at all this year. However, if you're going to try to get him, and and I don't really know what position he's talking about trading, you know, wide receiver or so running back. If he's back.
0: weak at running back, he's almost going to have to move a receiver.
1: Right, exactly. Um
0: Ah, boy, I tell you, I mean, I'm not making a move for Charles unless I can give up a bag of Birdseed. Exactly. Him, I'm, I'm talking. It. I'm talking down there. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking Allen Hearns down at wow, that level. Of I'm not even
1: sure I give up Hearns, well, no, number probably, two on Jacksonville. He's probably your
0: fourth though. Is what I was, I'm talking, my fourth receiver. Yeah. I, I'd give Givens. up for him. I and mean, you're not going to get, and you're not going to get yeah, Brian Quick. All right, oh, yeah. Rick. About 45 seconds. Right. I've got four left in here. Let's take them rapid fire. Okay. Derek in Michigan needs two in a PPR. Jonathan Stewart, Dante Moncrief, Jordan Matthews, Duke Johnson. Matthews and Moncrief. Yep, I'm with you 100% there. Cam from North Carolina. I wonder if it's Cam Newton. Yeah, it is. I'm sure. He's an Asylumite. All right. I know Fligger is man. You know what? That one's too long. I'll just answer that. Vic from Jersey again. He slipped in here twice this week. Oh, Vic. Matt Ryan or Marcus Mariota? Ryan. I agree. I like his matchup. They both have good matchups, but I like Ryan's. And finally, Bill from Syracuse. Who do I pick up to replace Keenan Allen? The pickings are slim on the wire, but I have first priority: Devin Funchess, Dontrell Inman, V. Jax, or Brandon LaFell. Funchess, LaFell.
1: Funches is going to be the number two on Carolina. He's he's got chemistry. I mean, he's the number big. Three he's after strong. Greg Olson
0: is my concern. Well, yeah, but. <clears throat> I liked what I saw. Out of and I tell you what,
1: adding to something I love, that I love looking at Calvin Benjamin the shape he was in yeah, this year. Anyway, be. I got that one in. Uh, um, yeah,
0: I, I don't know. Lafell. Look nice in week one. I guess show yeah. me again. I, yeah, I, guess I know. Show me I, again. I'm, I'm still with Funches. Sorry, Vic. All right. Yeah, good. You, 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 we answered one solidly, so That's we're, right. we're going to short him on the other. All right, Rick, we are out of time. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Arena Sports Net, arenasportsnet.com. Check us out Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern, blog talk radio and asylum football. AsylumFantasySports.com. You can email the mailbag at AsylumFootball at gmail.com. On Twitter, at AsylumFootball. Until Sunday morning. Good luck in week two. We'll see you. I'm going to have to he start doing the outdies here pretty soon. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. You said it's a long <laughs> long I love this
1: song. <laughs> Sat down in the front seat. He turned on the radio, and them sad old songs coming out of them speakers was solid country gold. Then I noticed the stranger was ghost white pale when he asked me for a light, and I knew there was something
2: strange about this ride.